2: Presented by at t Connecting changes everything.
1: Hey, it's Doug Gottlieb. You know, our trusted partner, Tireight.com, for fast, free shipping, free roadhouse protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of the best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Goodyear Assurance Weather Ready. But did you know they sell other automotive products, wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few? Everything you need to elevate your drive
3: You are listening
4: to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
5: Greetings and welcome inside The Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. Hope you had a wonderful Fourth of July weekend. If I know you, Doug, it was an all-day barbecue on Saturday that ended about three minutes before we started the show today.
1: Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, we uh, we had... I fifth of July was actually wilder than Fourth of July, but uh yeah, it was good it's a good weekend. I mean, just I was thinking yesterday, I was talking to my brother, and he's uh he and his and my nephew are staying in our house and um it's been three and a half months since we had like real legit live sports. Think about it, three and a half months. Mm-hmm. And I I'm not trying to delegitimize NASCAR and golf and stuff, which is really fun and uh Bryson DeChambeau and um uh you know, but like three and a half months. I just it it's crazy, but yeah, it was good. How about yours? Was your fourth good?
5: Yeah, yeah, fourth was good. We had uh, uh, we had a, a barbecue with with uh, friends. It was just us and another family that we hadn't seen in a while, and. You know, everybody, you know, everybody went through the whole, hey, has everybody been okay? Everybody been good? And, you know, the families are It's like we're exchanging information like it's a negotiation. So you guys have been good? What have you guys been doing? Oh, you guys have been by yourselves most of the time. Okay, great. We'll check that box. All right, we got here. We got this. We got this. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, it was, I mean, 5th of July was kind of spent recovering from the 4th of July. But uh, uh, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not a baller like you where I can go 4th of July and then go, let's go big on the 5th.
1: Well, I mean, we didn't do it. like 4th of July, Like. Fourth <laughs> we we live in a not not we live 5 minutes from the beach or so but not we're not on the beach or um but when the beach is closed like 4th of July is you, know, you go to the beach or you do a pool right or you know some sort of cookout we don't have a pool and so actually we have some friends who were at another friend's house and they're like hey come use the pool so we actually went and used somebody else's pool and then i i grilled and then you know it was I tell you the interesting part was, you know, so many fireworks displays, at least in Southern California, were canceled. And yet it seemed like there were more fireworks than there ever are, in spite of the fact they're not only canceled, but in our city, they're actually illegal. And yet there were more fireworks than ever. It was it was, oh. it was quite interesting.
5: It was it was a constant rat-a-tat from right around the time it got dark until like three in the morning. Like there wasn't a time where you couldn't hear poo-poo-poo-poo-poo-poo. Poo-poo, poo-poo. Pru, pu, 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 pu. it was it was insane i'm sitting there going I, I, I don't know how we have all this and then you see the videos that that come out that come out uh, on sunday night because obviously los angeles was the big center of of the illegal fireworks displays and we wound up having the worst air in the world yesterday because of it because of the aftermath of, of all the illegal fireworks like our aqi weather was like at 200 and like all the other cities that have like all bad pollution like shanghai was like at 140 you know all these other cities across the across the globe it's like boy they they have bad air and they really have a lot of smog no we were at like 200 yesterday so it was like oh, maybe today's a good day to kind of stay inside and just kind of let the uh, let the fireworks atmosphere burn itself off for a little bit but it was, I mean I, I couldn't get over it I mean I felt like this year more than anything because of the uh, you know with obviously the lack of, of, of being able to go out and do things with whether it's going to the beach or legal 4th of July fireworks displays where people would go you know you'd go to see something I think that contributed to all of it, it was just like screw it we're just going to put on as many fireworks as possible and I, I don't know how you kept track of it i don't know how the police kept track of it but it was just you know one one of those th- nights where it was okay wow this is like the most uh over the top fourth of july fireworks wise that i could ever remember in my life it was crazy
1: yep yep it, mm-hmm. it, it it was in fact nuts
5: uh, and we continue into this week, and hope you're having a good Monday so far. Uh, we got big stuff in the NBA to talk about as, as we have teams closing their practice facilities because of COVID as they get ready to report to the Orlando bubble, the first weekend in Major League Baseball where we had players work out, and thankfully, Masir Tanaka is okay after getting that line drive off the head uh, at, at uh, summer training, I guess we have to say, on Saturday But when – Doug, when you and I got off the air on on Friday, our our, our shows, the Washington Redskins name controversy was just really starting to to get to the next level. And now we're at the point where early uh, this morning – the three minority owners of the Washington Redskins want to sell their shares in the team because they are, quote, not happy being a partner with owner Daniel Snyder. This coming from the Washington Post, as they are citing sources familiar with the deliberations. Uh, Right now, Daniel Snyder is talking with head coach Ron Rivera about a potential name change. You've seen some of the big names that have been thrown out there this weekend. Red Tails is a very popular one. So are Americans. And it seems like this is, you know, once Friday hit and FedEx, said hey we're not going to sponsor the team we'd like you to change the the, the name they, of the team. They, they
1: didn't actually say that just...
5: well, they Well they 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 wanted them to change the to change the name. Right. right. What, well what, the, what, yeah. this
1: is a really important distinction here? Uh, look, I I do believe they're going to change the name. I also believe that this is as has been reported it's more than a month in the works like people hopping on it. Um and, and you know one of the things is Dan Snyder I don't believe he's in the country. The only one in the country is Ron Rivera and so you know he he's left a kind of an empowering position, but also a really interesting position for him. Uh, but it's a, it's an important distinction that Fe- FedEx didn't demand. They didn't say we're pulling the money. They asked. And there's, there's yeah. a very, which is look, look, we do this thing to where at one plus one must equal two. But if you actually look at it, I don't believe, I I believe that there, there's a couple of different possible reasons why, Uh, First of all, like the story coming out, if if the if you think that the minority owners of the Washington Redskins, whom you've never heard of, by the way, um, want to change the name. And that's why they're selling. That doesn't make any sense because the name is likely to be changed. And so if they really wanted to win out of this thing, they were like, look, we're going to sell our shares unless unless you change the name. That's not what happened. So they're selling right now. It means one of two things. One, they're just unhappy with doing business with Dan Steiner, which is altogether a possibility. Or two, they don't want the name changed and they think it's ridiculous. And because he has acquiesced to the powers that be and to FedEx's request and I believe Nike's request that then they're going to sell their shares.
5: The sentence that FedEx put out uh, was... Thus, quote, we have communicated to the team in Washington our request that they change the team name. That's all we've really heard from FedEx. It, right. was, it was an ask, but it's, it's more of a, hey, hey uh, you know, we, 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 we write a big check. And we would we would like you to change the name. Now, this latest part of the, the controversy, if if what you're saying, the second part, obviously, one doing business with Daniel Snyder. I completely get that because that's you know, listen, you, you've seen the way Daniel Snyder has, has done things the past few years. He has had critics. And this is stuff. If it's behind the scenes that we don't know about, you know, how, how the sausage gets made, that's something different. But if you're going to say, we want to sell the team because we don't like the fact you're changing the name, then what, is, what does that say about you? I mean, you're still the owner of the, whatever the Washington football team is going to become. You know, you're still the owner of this team. What, it's what, not what, like they're you, suddenly going out of business. They're not like, yeah, okay, well, we, we, we want out because you're going to change the name. I don't get why that would be the reason why. They, and if that's the reason why they'd want to do it, I really, I really can't understand why that's we're drawing the line at this now oh okay, well it's still going to be the same business it's still the same
1: no it's, it's a massive it's everything. a massive change now the the upside would be you would sell immediately you would probably sell a substantial amount of merchandise because it's a new team name, but historically you change your name, you run the risk of of losing uh losing significant footing because you you change that it just changes. You know, you, you there's a disconnect with history and the history of the Washington Redskins as a football team is quite good. Right. Mm-hmm. For, first of all, like and I'm interested in your opinion, because like, I do actually think it's a discussion. I, I don't when when the Washington Redskins were uh, w- when it was created. The the name Redskin wasn't in any way thought to be or uh, deemed to be or intended to be. Not only controversial, but a negative or a, a slur, even right, which is what it's mm-hmm. it's it's made out to be. Would would you agree with that as as it has been sold to us? I wasn't there, but everything we have read, that's accurate, right? It wasn't like yeah, they...
5: it's been. It was their, their honor. What their desire was to honor Native Americans. We're going to name our team and other teams in in the country in college football and high school. Their nicknames have been the Redskins for a long time as well. Yeah,
1: sure. And so what. What's happened is we've we've taken this. Hey, this must be a slur because it's red skin and we have determined that it's a slur. Now, there's various polls of Native Americans and some show a change in their view of 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 the word red skin. Um, But like we don't we don't take anything else as a literal term, right? Like we just we don't we don't. The, the the Pittsburgh Pirates aren't a literal celebration of pirate culture; <laughs> they're just not. This is true. The Minnesota Vikings Vikings raped and pillage. We don't take that as a we, we take it as honoring the uh, the heritage of the Vikings and being great warriors. Like we they sing "Hail to the Redskins." the 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 Redskin the the Native American on the side of the helmets looks like a proud warrior. Um, I I don't like, I, I, I I think it's I actually think it's one of these. And I know Mike wise in the Washington post has been on this, uh, uh, on this. This has like been his, his lifelong fight that somehow this solves the issues of what we've done to native Americans. And this is a, a slur and a blight. I think it's a mistake. I think we're wiping away, potentially wiping away any sort of, Native American references from sports when the references in sports are that of a proud heritage and culture that fought for their land valiantly. They were just overwhelmed by numbers and by weaponry. Right. Like, I just I don't know. I I don't I kind of again, I'm not Native American. I can't tell people how to think. But I just I I, I, I'm I I don't understand it. I, I really don't.
5: Well, this is this is. I'm, see, I'm on the opposite side of you, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb here on Foxes. I I get it. I get that in the beginning. Hey, we wanted to come up with a nickname to honor Native Americans. Okay, great. And and we've seen that throughout throughout sports, but as we've seen in especially in the past, you know, few weeks and months, is that just because something was always accepted doesn't mean it was always a great idea. You know, the Confederate flag was accepted in NASCAR up until NASCAR finally said, okay, we understand that there's many people in the South that look at this flag as a symbol of... of, of their freedom and, and, and the early parts of our country. And I get that, but for many people, it's also a symbol of slavery. So we need to do away with that. And just because it was accepted for the longest time, it doesn't mean that it was always a great idea. And in the ensuing years, we have seen uh, historians and, and native American groups uh, come out with, Hey, listen, just so you know, there is a history of the, of the, the term redskins being, uh, racially uh, divisive, and, and you would you would cite you would you would cite different reports as well. This report is about just being able to frame us with the color of our skin. As we've seen, that is a bad idea, and that is not something that you should do. Also, that the term had to do with uh, what people thought about them, uh, Native Americans, in a derogatory term, as far as being offered uh, a, a penance for their or or money for their scalps. You know, back in the early parts of the United States, as, as some historians have say, this was in newspapers here in the United States years ago. So in, in the in the ensuing years, there has been more, hey, you know, just so you know, this is part of what it is as well. And you can talk to many Native Americans who, and Daniel Snyder has put up many polls throughout the time as, as Redskins owner saying, Washington Redskins owner saying, hey, look. Many people like it. Yeah, I, I get there are some people that don't like it, but many people like this, and so we're going to keep to keep this as the nickname, even though as, as time has gone on, you have seen more evidence that, well, maybe it's not quite the, the answer and, and the honoring of the heritage that you think it is. But I think more than anything else, it's Daniel Snyder, his long his longstanding just refusal to even talk about it. It's been no, this is the name and we're not changing it. And this is it, and this is why we're doing it, and we're moving on and, and and it's done. And he has been able to close the door on it for so long and not be even open to debate on it. And I think that's really what's pushed, what's made this continue to push, going, hey, you gotta listen to us, you gotta listen to us and, and, and think about this. And now suddenly here's, you know, FedEx saying we'd like you to change the name and other uh, companies have done it as well. Nike stopped selling, but here's bit. here's the
1: thing, though, Jason. This is what we're this is what we're doing. Okay, we're you're tearing down a Christopher Columbus statue. Okay? Are, are we gonna Are we gonna change the name from Washington D.C. because George Washington owned slaves? You know, even though he was part of the Declaration of Independence, which, even though he owned slaves, clearly wanted to do away with slavery. Like are we we're doing this thing where we're taking the bad. And making it that's who somebody is. Where you, you have you have to take it's like everybody has a ratio in this world, right? A good to bad ratio. And the overall ratio of good to bad with Redskins is actually really, really good. I mean, I I honestly believe if the Redskins were better, there'd be a lot more pride in the Redskin name in Native American culture. And if Dan Snyder wasn't viewed as such a jerk, then it, it would be he would be viewed differently. But because he has for for a myriad of reasons right he famously charged people uh to to watch training camp um which which obviously you know that hadn't been done by p- previous ownership like there's plenty of things and we as the media have villainized him so this has become the redskin nickname about him even though he inherited it when he bought the team and the the name and the logo is iconic with with the National Football League like i, I just we we do this thing to where we take the the That if there's any bit of bad, well, then it overwhelms the good. Look, i I, I understand that if you read it, there are, you can take it as a negative term. Right? but the the idea that it's a slur, like not really, it's not used in anyone's common language. No one uses that. Even Native Americans on their uh, on their land, they don't use it. And we definitely don't use it. It's not people make it out to be a slur. Like there are other racial and or anti-Semitic slurs. It's not because it's not actually used. Nobody, nobody calls somebody a redskin. Like that's just not in common culture. And we all do know that it wouldn't have ever become a nickname in the NFL, even during the less sensitive times of, you know, the 19, what is it? 50, 40s or 50, 30s. If it wasn't for the idea that, hey, we want to honor, honor a culture and we can't just pick one Native American group, because that would tick off other Native American groups. So we just all lump them together. And at the time they said, let's just use the term redskin. That's basically what happened. And we all kind of accept that's what happened. And that's the intent of it. And we're like, we're doing this thing where I understand the tomahawk chop could be deemed like, what are we doing here? Is this insensitive? But I think we all know it's just. It's like a war chant, and it fires up a crowd, and it, it doesn't mock Native Americans. None of this mocks—like, the whole thing is you want to take away from mocking a culture. It doesn't really—it doesn't mock a culture. I don't think anyone argues that. We're arguing whether or not the term is offensive, and I guess you can take off- you can definitely take offense to it, but there's lots of things you can take offense to. And so we're going to create this world where every team is the Wildcats and the Lightning and and things that— you know, that, that, that can't push back, which I guess is okay. But I actually look at native American culture as a pretty amazing thing as the, the, you know, a, a really interesting, interesting group of people that we don't know enough about even today. And the more we take it, the more we take away these nicknames and these iconic figures, the less we remember about what their culture was about that. So anyway, um, I'll just add this one other piece. We, we, of course, it it becomes about Dan Snyder and part of the article that says the four minority owners, whatever want out is because they've done business with, with Dan Snyder, my ex brother-in-law. That's my sister's ex-husband. His family was a minority owner with the Oakland Raiders. And I can only tell you, and they were my ex brother-in-law's grandpa was Al Davis's original partner with the Raiders. Um, And he played for the Red Sox, and they partnered together with the team back in the AFL days into the NFL. I can tell you, without beyond a reasonable doubt, that the life of a minority partner in the National Football League is one where you're never happy because you really don't have any say, you don't make any money, and you know within reason because there are some majority owners that treat partners like partners, but most of them, they own the team, you throw in the money. And the only way you you benefit basically in saying, "Hey, I get to own part of the team," and if we win a, a Super Bowl, I get a ring. But you still have to pay for everything, like a box. You don't get to travel with the team. You're you're not on TV. There, there's really very you end up finding out like it's very little benefit until the day you sell, when you make a a good amount of money. On the other hand, you no longer own a, can say you own a part of the National Football League. So, I, like the minority owners being upset in the National Football League is very, very, very normal. Uh, being happy with not having a say in an in investment you have is actually abnormal.
5: Yeah, and this would be the second set of partners that Snyder has had that he has now cycled through uh, since, he, since he bought the team. And you know, so now that's something that's going to be put under the spotlight. Okay, why is this? And, and one of the partners, Fred Smith, is a guy supposedly that he gets along with great. And he really likes him and and, hey, all right, we get a lot and that now this is now the next phase of okay, now I'm I'm dealing with the the change of the name and now The minority uh, owners want to sell and and it's, you know, Daniel Snyder's out of the country and it's, oh, wow, this is just all coming together really, really fast. It is kind of a freight train that got out of control over the course of the span of of 48, 72 hours. Uh, Doug and I will have more on this, uh, continuing on here. Uh, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan and the Danettes today. Twitter at How About a Fresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show. We got Adam Kaplan coming up in a couple minutes, Fox Sports 1 NFL Insider. We'll get his thoughts on this and Colin Kaepernick put out a statement day ago on the 4th of July we'll find out if he's any closer to signing with an NFL team keep it right here the Dan Patrick show this is Fox Sports Radio
4: be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app
1: terms and conditions apply you've put it off long enough it's time to replace your tires tire rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort performance tires for sporting handling all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure go to tire to get started not sure where to begin use the tire decision guide to get a personalized tire recommendation the right tires for how what and where you drive choose some full line of yokohama tires Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
3: See terms at picksix.draftkings.com slash promos.
5: Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. And we got more on the Washington Redskins name controversy. We got Colin Kaepernick. But, Doug, first, real quick, you ready to feel old? Sure. You ready to feel old? Yeah. Huey Lewis turned 70 yesterday. Huey Lewis is 70 years old.
1: I, I think Zion Williamson being 20 years old it, it gives me the <laughs> today, by the way. Happy birthday to <laughs> Zion Williamson. Can't wait to see you play here at end of the month. Uh, in uh, in Orlando in the bubble, which I know you're a convert to the you're bubble convert, but uh, I'm a bubble convert. We'll yeah, get to that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Huey Lewis is 70. I, I I I honestly, I actually believe Huey Lewis is 70. That doesn't that doesn't surprise me. It is right. hip to be square, though. Maybe. It
5: is. If he's still wearing the sunglasses and the black t shirt and the jeans, you know, Huey Lewis is still rolling, yeah. 70 years old. Uh, The latest on the Washington Redskins nickname controversy hit us early this morning as two minority owners in the Washington Redskins football team who own up to 40% of the team now are interested in selling their stakes in the franchise. Joining us now on the hotline, Fox Sports 1 NFL Insider. You've been hearing him here with us for a long time and second time I've got to talk to him during the day in the past week or so. It's Adam Kaplan. Check him out on SiriusXM NFL as well. Good morning, Adam. What's happening?
6: Guys, good to talk to you. Yeah, the uh, the Redskins uh, situation. What's going to happen with the name and with the owner, the minority ownership? Certainly interesting. Uh, that it's taking another turn. But um, when you look at it around the league, first the big thing is going to be the name and, and getting that changed as soon as possible. And you see all these sponsors or who, who are starting to pull out. Uh, that that is why this thing's going to be expedited.
1: Uh, how long has this been in the works?
6: They've been in talks for a couple of weeks. The league has, um, Doug, to, to to kind of look at it that way. But once once you look at sponsorship, when Nike goes on record and saying that they're not going to sell the merchandise, you're you're going to have to you're going to have to take note because if you go back several years ago, it was actually seven years ago when Daniel Snyder and the controversy came up with the team name. Daniel Snyder was defiant. He, he said he would never change it, and he said to the, to the USA Today, uh, you could put that in caps and put it in print. So he's been defiant, but n- there were no threats, really, uh, that came out in terms of, of the name change. And now you have it seven years later, and things obviously have changed. And, and you, could, you could bet on this one, this is going to happen. Because when NFL owners lose money from sponsorship, and when, when FedEx threatens to pull out fred smith who's the the chairman of, of fedex and by the way uh, fred smith's a guy that um, there's there some people around the league thought that he would wind up um buying the titans that that turned out not to happen but here's the guy that's been with the redskins for a long time and been a bit partner with a minority partner with daniel schneider when he threatens to pull out you got to take note of that
1: uh, okay so is there a way in which they can actually because because the intent and and, Adam, you, you may disagree, but I do believe the intent of the name is a good one, right? The intent of the name is, or at least when it was created, was to, to honor Native American culture, and that's what they, what they try to do. Um, is there a way in which they can still do that and change the nickname? That's, that's the hard part.
6: Yeah, okay, so here's the thing that, this is my understanding of, of late last week. If they can, they'd like to keep the color scheme, the burgundy and gold, that, that, that they'd like to do. Uh, that would be the only compromise they could come up with. The name's going to have to change. There's no other way around it. Um, they'll lose a tremendous amount of money, and when you lose money, owners start worrying. So that'll get changed. But the, the key here is they'd like to keep the color scheme, uh, and then they obviously have to come up with a new name. What's the name going to be, and wh- how could they make it work with the color scheme? Um, it, it, it's it's obviously challenging at this late date. You know, you like to do it if you're going to do it. You, you like to do it earlier in the off season. Um, especially when we've got training camps opening uh, in in just a couple weeks here. So uh, those are the challenges now with the Washington team name.
5: Cap, how much of this – I don't want to say could have been avoided, but could things have gone easier had Daniel Snyder just a a little bit seemed like he was listening to concerns instead of being as defiant as he's been? Because that's really what has kept this going for a long time. Because we've had this, this is not a new story, this is a few years old, but the fact that he's been so, no, this is it, and there's no conversation about it, I can see where that's just going to piss people off.
6: You're right, and I'm glad you brought that up, because his reputation, when I worked on the story many years ago, it was so. It got to the point they wanted to. Not only did they not want to change the name, they were looking for anyone who would back them to, to keep it. And he, they were, they were going out of their way. Uh, their, their, their media staff, uh, their communication staff, to find anyone would back them to keep the name. And yeah, there, there's been a disagreement, obviously, of, of whether it's offensive or not, or not, as Doug brought up. But the fact of the matter is, this is nothing new. And the reason why that that you know Snyder has not spoken publicly, but they put a statement out um, where they're they're going to review it. Well, they're going to do more than review it. You, you could bet on that. The, that's really the only thing we know that that I feel strongly about is that it's going to change. And then obviously he's got the, you, you've got the minority uh, uh, ownership issue, uh, which has been well detailed by um, Washington Post and Pro Football Talk. So. Uh, it's bad, and uh, this is not what you want when we've got what we're dealing with as a country.
1: Uh, okay, let, let's get let's get to actual football. Uh, yep. Cam Newton is in in New England. He is working out. I mean, he looks like Cam Newton, and if you have ever seen Cam Newton in person, Greek gods think Cam Newton uh, is is impressive <laughs> uh, to to look at. But I mean, like, look the the NFL people I've talked to, and um, obviously Adam Kaplan, Fox Sports Radio, Sirius XM NFL Insider joining us here on the Dan Patrick show. Um, I I was told like, look, the big issue is his shoulder, Um, a little bit, his ankle and his foot that, that he had an issue with last year. But, but so many in the media and especially fans think of Cam Newton as 2015, Cam Newton and the two shoulder surgeries and how he was throwing the ball post surgery last year was the biggest reason that he was still on the street. Do, Do we have any idea about the shoulder?
6: No, the, the, the Doug. The reason why Cam took so long to sign. First of all, you're coming off two injury plague years. And as a matter of fact, the turn rotator cuff was a two-year injury. Then you throw in the franck injury, which is a very bad broken foot, nine to twelve-month rehab. You add all that up, and he's having trouble finding a starting job. Uh, if he was willing to take a backup job, he would have signed three or four months ago. Uh, now, the, what I'm told internally. It's the Patriots are selling this as competition, but the reality is he's going to wind up playing, whether it's week one or four. Now, I could also tell you that Josh McDaniel's offense is very difficult to learn. You're asking him to learn it in a matter of three weeks, uh, just from the playbook, and then obviously applying it to training camp. That's not going to be easy in a shortened preseason. We, we don't know exactly. It's either going to be zero or two preseason games we're going to have. Um, the shoulder was a two-year issue, not a one-year issue. Uh, and... You, you wonder, I know he's only 31, that's not old in quarterback years, but you wonder, you wonder if he's going to be the same player. His weight is really down. If you remember, Doug, his weight, he was over 260 uh, some years ago, and he, then, he, then he lost a whole lot of weight and he got himself in a better physical shape. He's got a lot to prove here, there's no question about it, but a healthy cam is what they're looking for. I, I, would, I would agree with one thing, though, you said with his shoulder. I don't know that he's quite the same thrower, And remember, accuracy, he's never been a highly accurate quarterback. It's just a matter of of physical arm strength. Uh, I don't know if he's quite the same, but he's close.
5: Adam Kaplan with us, Fox Sports One NFL Insider. Check him out on Sirius XM NFL Radio as well. All right, Cap, from from Cam Newton to another quarterback who is still, you know, looking for what his next destination would be. You know, Newton's found his team with the Patriots. Colin Kaepernick this weekend made some news, uh, denouncing Fourth of July celebrations. But you know, a couple weeks ago it was, hey, Cap's coming back into the league and it, it, the door is open for him. Team should sign him. Is he really going to wind up on a team at some point?
6: I, I, let's put it this way: There's some interest in him. Uh, no one, I'm told, as of this morning, has set up an, um obviously a visit or a workout when players are allowed to visit, which will be once camp's open on the 28th. Yeah, I, quite frankly, I, I'm not, I, I'm not completely sold that this is going to happen. There, there needs to be one team that's going to be out in front and say, you know what? Uh, we know he's a backup quarterback. Uh, our, we, we need someone who's experienced, but. There's not been one team that's been willing to say that this whole time. There's just teams are look, the Chargers put him on their, their emergency list. We know that. Um, I do know this. Uh, he's working on five days a week. Uh, he, he has not given up on his willingness to play and wanting to play, and he's a backup quarterback. I think that's the thing that has been missed here. He's not a starting quarterback at this point. He comes in if he ever gets signed, and he competes for the number two job. Um, that's where he is. He's not old. And he's in great physical shape. I'm also told so. He's available. He's ready, but um, not one team, Jason, answer your question and said, "Absolutely, we're doing this." I do know there's some interest and teams are gathering information on him.
1: Do you think his tweet from yesterday, where he uh, he 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 posted uh, part of a video, of James Earl Jones reading a famous uh, Frederick Douglass piece from the 1850s, uh, but but saying, you know that that uh, the Fourth of July is a white supremacist holiday, a uh, celebration of white supremacy. Do you, do you think that affects in any way the ability or desire for an NFL team to sign him?
6: Yeah, I, I, I have no idea, to be honest with you, on that one. I I, I haven't talked to any teams about that yet. Um, I've just kind of been gauging their willingness to bring him in and take a look and, and interview him and sit him down. That's really See, that's the thing, Doug. I, it, the issue uh, going back some years was, does he really want to play football? Well, that... That one was solved. It was obvious he wants to play. The question was, what kind of, what kind of role would he be willing to take? Because he's clearly a backup quarterback at sure. this point. If he's willing to do that, then more teams are going to be more willing. But until you sit him down and you get comfortable with him, it's just not going to happen. There's, to this point, again, there's not been one team that said, okay, you know what? Let's, let's bring him in, let's talk to him, let's sit him down, just have him for a visit and see where he's at. And it has not happened yet.
1: Antonio Brown. Uh, likelihood that he signs with the team before camp.
6: He will play again, Doug. He's going to play again. Now, here's the issue: you have the potential, a high potential of him being suspended. Yep. Uh, the issue now is teams cannot do their investigations because of COVID. You, you, you know, you're not going to. You, you just things are slowing down in that area, so they've got to get up to that point. And I strongly, I strongly uh, see him signing with the team eventually, down the line. Uh, it could be for the playoffs, or who, who knows, but it's going to be a team that could, is going to win has a chance to go pretty far because you, and you also need a strong locker room and a strong head coach who knows how to handle them. Um, John Gruden is a, obviously a strong personality. It didn't work out there, but the belief in the league is that uh, he, he's going to play again because you're talking about, even if he never plays again, Doug, he will be a Hall of Famer. That, that, that's not in question if you look at the numbers. He's also only 31 years old. and He's got a lot of football left. He's healthy. Uh, just a matter of um, he's got to he's got to get cleared off the field, and then he's another player you've got to bring into your building to see if you really want him.
5: He's on Twitter at Kaplan NFL. That is at Kaplan NFL AC. As always, appreciate your time, my friend. We'll talk soon. Have fun,
6: guys. Thank you. All right,
5: great stuff there from Adam Kaplan as always. Uh, a little more dubious on Kaepernick getting back in is Antonio Brown, and you know the, the thing about uh, Cap Doug is that this tweet yesterday. Okay, you know, Colin Kaepernick is, is talking about what wanting to stand up uh, for what he's talking about in American history. And and I get that part of it. I don't think a tweet like this is something that teams are going to be upset about. I think what teams are nervous about, and I think this is a big moment where, where teams decided, okay, we're out on Kaepernick, is that, Remember back when the when the Ravens were gonna sign him and there there was that dance going on that maybe they were going to, and Ray Lewis had talked about signing Colin Kaepernick and and, and, and there had been a whole big Steve Bishotti, this may be the one. And when things didn't seem like they were progressing, what happened? His girlfriend uh, put up a, a photo of Ray Lewis with his arm around Steve Bishotti next to Leonardo DiCaprio and Sam Jackson from Django Unchained, where right. Leo was a was a slave owner. And, you know, the minute that went up, I think team said, Okay. I I don't we don't want to deal with this on an idle Tuesday for some reason you know so whatever so I, I, don't, I don't know about this because we're not going to sign a guy and, and suddenly for whatever reason something doesn't go right he's not on the field he's not playing something that we have to deal with this and then it, it becomes a bigger story than we want to go through so I think actually that was the moment where team said okay you know what. I, I don't know that this is something that we want to deal with because we don't know if he's gonna be a starter at that at that point. If he was coming in and was gonna be a guy that was hey, you're our franchise quarterback, well, that's a different story. But this is a guy coming in that was gonna be a backup, yeah. that we didn't know when he was gonna see the field, I think that was the moment where teams decided, okay, I don't know about Kaepernick.
1: Well, um I would I, I would I agree and I disagree. I do think those were that was one of the seminal moments that we uh that that many curiously omit, right? I don't think it was about the league. I think it was about Baltimore specifically. Right, look, the way it works in football is not any different than than the way it works in in our job, right? Uh, Scott Shapiro is our is one of our bosses here. We both worked with him uh, when he was at ESPN, and that familiarity has allowed us to move over here to Fox Sports Radio. You long before I did, but that was a that was a that's a big draw to me, right? Is somebody I know, somebody I trust, somebody I work with, right? I mean, that's a mm-hmm. that's a fair. So in the NFL, it's not any different. You come, systems become like your family, your football family. They have basketball families as well, right? Uh, Guys that have been in the Spurs organization hire guys that have been in the Spurs organization. That's why Jock Vaughn may be the guy uh, to work for Sean Marks in San Antonio. They were teammates with the San Antonio Spurs. Greg Roman's the offensive coordinator with the the Baltimore Ravens. And the success you're seeing from Lamar Jackson in a newer version of that system is, is one that he could have had success in, but what happens is when your girlfriend puts out that meme and the owner of the Ravens sees it, he's like, Nah, nah, no, nah, we're not, we're not signing that guy. And so I don't know if it did it for the rest of the league. I do know for the Ravens, a team where he had a legitimate tie, the the brother of his head coach, the same offensive coordinator in in San Francisco. I think it made Baltimore dead to him. Right? Um, he did remember go to Seattle on a visit. And they came out saying, well, he's a starting quarterback, meaning, you know, and this is what I heard. You know, he wanted a starting quarterback money. He wanted to be a starting quarterback because he'd been a starting quarterback. He hadn't he wasn't yet ready to make the adjustment in terms of mentality and salary of being a backup. So I, I think those two specific places uh, were missed opportunities by Kaepernick. And I think now it takes somebody like a Andy Reid, who has. Uh, who's who's done that? He he had this the image rehab with Mike Vick. It's different, obviously. I know from Kaepernick, and he has a starter who no one in the world thinks should sit for Colin Kaepernick. And then Cap could get up to speed and understand the system, and could learn to be a backup, and maybe eventually be potentially be a starter or play somewhere else where there's a bunch of Andy Reid guys. I think that's the way back to the league. But we can talk about this tweet later. I think it becomes increasingly difficult to sign a guy. Who 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 puts out things like this, which I, I I just feel like are incredibly divisive in in nature.
5: Twitter at how about a fresca Doug at Gottlieb show Jason Smith Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Dan today. As Doug said, we'll have more on that coming up. Speaking of uh, Twitter, something coming up at the in about 15 minutes from now that's starting to make a lot of news. But straight ahead, a big week for the NBA as teams get set to report to the bubble. Doug doesn't like the bubble. I'm a bubble convert. We get into that coming up next right here Fox Sports Radio.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com.
1: Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Vredestein tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to Tyreq.com/sports to see their Vredestein test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's slash sports, tireact.com, the way tire buying should be. From BBC
4: Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is
1: going on a road
7: trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God,
4: we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
6: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime Kobe would win a one-on-one concept. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going to guard and then on I'm top not of it, like
8: that. like that,
7: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from
4: room crying, crying. I mean, he was in a culture shock.
6: He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because you didn't it. Check
7: out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
5: Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. And uh, I got to tell you, Doug, I-, I-, I have become what I never thought I'd be, and that is a bubble convert when it comes to the NBA resuming their season as you know, we wake up Monday morning and find out the Bucks and the Kings are the latest two teams to shut down their facilities Due to COVID-19 concerns, teams are getting set to report to the bubble in Orlando in the coming days. And in the beginning, I thought the bubble was an idea that sounded great in theory, but in practical application, I thought, well, there's no way they could do it. But now I think it may be the only way forward because at least here in in Orlando, you're going to have the NBA in charge of everything and keeping players out from any situation where they could contract COVID-19. So I feel like having the bubble and having – the NBA being in charge of saying, all right, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to keep out as many outside influences and possibilities of COVID-19 as possible. Uh, that's, that's the best way forward that we could try to stop players from contracting this and continue on to have a season.
1: Yeah. I mean, look, th- that's kind of been my point all along, I, even though I'm anti, I'm anti bubble for a completely different reason, but, but I, I, I think the, the, the professional athlete, the basketball player, especially who says, Hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure about the safety. Like, look, we're in phase, you know, two, three, and some phase four across the country. So the world is not shut down. You're actually going to a safer environment as opposed to being at home. So I, I don't I don't believe that covid concerns, in all honesty, are, are legitimate. When, when you say, I, I don't want to play because of COVID concerns, I don't believe those are actually legitimate concerns because you have the same issues with COVID when you're at home, only you don't have the same sort of, uh, of medical resources that you're going to have in the bubble, nor do you have the protections of being the bubble. My issue with the bubble is, I just don't think it'll be great basketball or nearly the level of basketball that the NBA should be played at if you're going to decide a champion. Three months in, essentially in quarantine, playing basketball, like, you're gonna end up hating each other, and you don't have a crowd, and you know you, it, it just it it. I don't believe it'll bring out the absolute best. Now it'll be different. There won't be home games, but there also won't be road games. So maybe we have kind of the old neutral site in its purest form. But yeah, three months in a hotel, I don't think brings out the best in any professional athlete.
5: Well, two things I think are going to come off that. One is that you're going to see a, you're not going to see the seven-game dramatic playoff series that we're used to, where hey, team A wins two games at home, then we go back. Well, then the team defends home court. You're going to see four and five-game series because you're not, you're not going to have that, that bit of hey, well, the, this team's bench is going to play better because they're coming home. And the other thing is you're going to have. to wait, won't
1: that, that, that doesn't work both ways?
5: Well, it does, but you're gonna have. To, but the strongest team is gonna exert its will over four or five games, over a set or a sense of seven games. Whereas maybe they, you know, a team would take game five, but boy, you had, you know, some so and so come off the bench and score 23, which was something that normally wouldn't happen. I, I just think you're going The better teams are gonna steamroll through the lesser teams. As as far as it goes, when when that comes, that's how I think. That's why I think the playoffs are going to be a little bit shorter, and but, the but, series are going to be shorter than that.
1: Well, I, there's just so much unknown. Like we, we don't. Yeah, that, that's that's operating under the premise that team that that inferior teams only play well because they're playing at home, um, which I, I don't know that to be the case. I, I would also say that you don't know. I, I I don't think there's a ton of difference between a bunch of these teams outside of the top couple of teams, um, and then. You also don't know how they're actually going to perform uh, when you have, you know, guys, some guys don't perform as well when you're in a hotel for a couple of weeks at the start and then a couple of months by the time we get into it. And then the last part is like, OK, I thought the Lakers were trying to be better than other teams in the West, but they lose Avery Bradley. That dramatically changes how good they are and what their ceiling is and what they look like. So th- there is a lot of unknown there.
5: Well, and, and two, think about this: How many teams are showing up? Going, we're not going to win a championship. We're just going to go here for a month and then we're out. And we're you'll be able to tell right away the teams well, yeah, there's, there's... that are in it to win a championship. The teams are just saying, "Look, we're, we're, we're oblicolon because I have to." No, no question. No, and
1: and 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 to your point, if you get down three games to none, like it's like let's let's get let's get out of here. You know, three games to one, like let's let's get out of here. Like let's let's I understand that, but. Um, what what do you like about the? I like it's interesting, you know. TBT's going on, and four teams didn't even get to play in the tournament. And Everline Drive, that was a uh, that a team had a buy. They had one guy test positive, so they went home. I, I think that the big question is going to be.
4: Well, we you we know, gotta, we well got, we guys, to,
1: well, Let's
5: finish more on this coming up next. We got more on this coming up next, and a big tweet on Bubba Wallace Fox.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: At bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic, every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar, whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field.
1: Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of hand-cooked tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to Tyrat.com/sports to see their hand-cooked test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's slash sports. Tireact.com, the way tire buying should be.
4: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
7: It is hour two of the Dan Patrick Show here
5: on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, Doug and I having a big bubble conversation a few minutes ago. We'll continue that with Rick Buecher, who's coming up in about 20 minutes. Fox Sports 1 Bleacher Report NBA Insider as the NBA is getting down to it. when we start to see teams report in the coming days. Uh, However... This story has kind of blown up in the past 45 minutes or so. So we're going to get to this now for a bit. As uh, on Twitter, about 45 minutes ago, President Donald Trump called out NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace on Monday, saying that a noose found in his garage at Talladega last month was a hoax. And he also is questioning NASCAR's decision to ban the Confederate flag. Here's the quote from President Trump. Has at Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax. That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. This is a tweet from President Donald Trump just a few minutes ago on the Bubba Wallace story as, you know, look... Doug, this story honestly was 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 done being a front burner story. It happened. We dealt with it. We talked about it. NASCAR United, which was a great moment, and and uh, you know President Trump is is bringing this up again and and uh, throws this out here on a Monday morning.
1: Yeah, I mean it goes in the on the back of his speech in South Dakota at Mount Rushmore. You know, which in 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 a moment where you think a leader unites a leader, he, he, uh, the leader of the free world divides. Um, I I, look, do I think that Bubba could have, you know, when he immediately found out or when, when he was told several times that it had been hanging previously, um, could, could he have, you know, was there a different way to handle it? Of course there was, of course there was, but I would also tell you that, you know, I'm, I'm not a black person, but you know, if I find, if somebody says there's a noose hanging in your garage you know, whatever, however long it had been there or whatever the intent of a a garage pull or whatever that somebody that that it's alleged to have been like, I probably would have freaked out, too. You know, I mean, like, look, I'm Jewish. If somebody put a swastika in my garage or something that looked like a swastika, I would have been like, what, what, what is going on? Well, the swastika has been there for a couple of years like that doesn't change it to me. Right. So I, I. I actually look, I understand his freak out and I do believe that there was a moment where he could have really, really won the day and said, look, obviously it was a misunderstanding in terms of was it directed at me, but I I cannot thank my fellow drivers enough. You know, like we're making these correlations about ratings equating to popularity, I, I, I guess, but part of it is fewer and fewer people are are watching Sports on TV, because right now everyone's watching news on TV or they're just done with everything on TV and they're not watching any of it until sports comes back. So there's a there's, there's a, it's a it's a lot. It's loaded. Um, but I, I don't understand the need to apologize at this point, other than saying it was a misunderstanding. Right. Like, that's really what it was. Yeah.
5: It, for the beginning, for everything, how it unfolded, I don't see how NASCAR could have done anything differently here's the garage. Hey, this is a noose. Wow, this is a noose. NASCAR went and told Bubba Wallace, hey, there's a noose in your garage. Okay. At this point, the story was going to go how it was going to go because what does it look like if NASCAR says, we're looking, into, we're looking into this and it could be a noose. We're not sure. And then what's the blowback? They can't even admit that it's a noose and a sport that has made big strides forward with the Confederate flag controversy saying, listen, it's no longer welcome at our track suddenly is playing defense. And Okay, well, wait, wait, wait. Uh, conversely, if you say uh, well, with what's going on with, with driver Bubba Wallace, we're looking into this and we'll have a statement in a couple of days. We don't wanna we don't wanna go crazy on this. Then it's wait a minute, a noose was found in his garage. How can you say we're investigating? How can you say there yeah, was yeah. no way NASCAR could come out with anything other than how they did it, how they went. We were gonna get to the point where Look, Boy, there's a little bit of embarrassment because it was there for a while. We don't know how or why it got there. Uh, but I don't know how there was going to be anything that was going to change how it went from when the story was first reported to the finding out that, OK, well, this wasn't put there specifically for Bubba Wallace. It was somehow there fashioned as a rope. I, I don't know how they would have gotten past any of that point to get to that point of it.
1: Um, I, there are ways. But but like, look here, this is and, and again, Jason, feel for, like one of the things that I think you and I have done a really good job of here is we're having a conversation. Like this is actually the way it's supposed to go. Right. It's it's in any of these in any of these like I, I all people should be like, all right, well, here's what I think. Well, here's what I think it doesn't have. We, we shouldn't necessarily operate in this. There's only one thought, right? Like there, there's a, a bunch. It's even, even if you go to the NBA and what they're allowing players to put on the back of their jerseys, if you want to open up free speech to make political or, you know, social justice thoughts, then you can't limit it to 10 different things you can say, right? Like it, I wouldn't put it on my Jersey, but and I don't think anybody would, but the idea that you can't put Trump 2020 on the back of your Jersey when you can make other political statements, I think is a mistake. I think that's actually limiting free speech. It's doing the opposite of what you're saying you're doing, but, um, I think here, here's what this particular incident to me, that's the micro to the macro, which is we have to take context. Everything is about context. The Redskins nickname is about context and we've lost all context. The statues that are put up for Christopher Columbus or Thomas Jefferson or whatever, it's about context and the bu- What happened with Bubba Wallace and the reaction to it is all about context like, let's not forget that uh, the week before they said, "Hey, no Confederate flags," which I, I don't know why it took so long. But congratulations to NASCAR, welcome to the 21st century, right? Okay, so they do that first. Then they're getting ready to race on Sunday before it was canceled or postponed, and somebody pays for a plane or somebody puts in the back of their plane, you know, the Confederate flag, and they fly it over the. So, so now you create this tension after a decision was made, which there was already, it was already tense. Then you're Bubba Wallace and you hear there's a noose in your garage and you don't see it. It becomes a game of telephone and it gets, and you're like, wait, it's in, it's only in my, it's in my garage hanging over my car. Like, so I, I think that it's really important that while Bubba Wallace's uh, reaction when he was on with like Don Lemon and a couple other people was over the top and, and, I, I do think it missed the mark, and it was unwilling. And the, the term hoax is, I think, a little strong. I, I I just think it was a misunderstanding, is really what happened. Um, I I I give Bubba Wallace more of a pass than I give other people a pass because of the context, because it be because of the it was the first race where there were people there and there weren't supposed to be Confederate flags, and somebody did fly fly a Confederate flag over. The Sunday race before the Monday. And look, my net takeaway is my net takeaway from a lot of these things, which is the the the, the net net is all these NASCAR drivers like they don't want to be considered racist. They want to lock arm in arm all like, look, we just want to race. and We want to have a great time and we want to make a lot of money and we don't care what the color of your skin is, which is my net net from a lot of these things. Ninety nine percent of humanity is against racism. They really are. And we we have a tendency to hyper focus on the smallest infinitesimal percentage, which it's like it's like white supremacist marches. They've 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 been in this country forever. They're smaller really than ever. They feel louder than ever because we amplify it with social media, and with right in traditional media. And I I think that we always have to take context into a remark, into a nickname, into a reaction that that paints a much clearer picture for what really happened.
5: For Bubba Wallace, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan and the Danettes. It turned out to be a moment of incredible uh, of forwardness for NASCAR with whatever this, even though the noose wasn't put there for him. The powerful photo of him on the track with all the drivers with their masks on behind him showing, you know, that we are we are for stamping out racism. We drive together. We stand behind Bubba Wallace. It's not just about that. You're also talking about the Confederate flag controversy that was not even in the background of this. I mean, this is forefront. Here's the confederate confederate flag controversy and here is the noose in Bubba Wallace's garage the the two were kind of melded together because this is hey we want to stamp out racism so okay so this is why Bubba Wallace is, is 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 talking to people and this is why I think you talk about his interview with Don Lemon and in other uh aspects other interviews he did I think this is why there's been that bit of backlash because Bubba Wallace went on and did these interviews and didn't really recognize the fact that okay this wasn't meant there for you this was something where Bubba Wallace wanted to stand up and say this is my chance when am I ever going to get a chance to talk about uh equality and 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 stamping out racism and being and 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 us being inclusionary this is my moment to do it and the confederate flag is really what we're talking about as well as the noose in my garage So so I think that's why he went forward with the the strategy he had doing the interviews and I could see where that turned some people off going, oh well, he's gotta just at least admit the noose wasn't I can't I can't believe it. But what he was doing was really just saying, hey, we're all in it to end racism. Look at look at me and all of our drivers who are here together doing this. And I think that's what got lost in the message is just that, oh, he's got to apologize for it. He's gotta say this. He's gotta say this. No, he's just putting out a message of being inclusionary for race. And and I don't see anything wrong with that and 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 if that's what comes out of this that suddenly nascar as you said joined the 21st century then i think that's great i think if this is where we're at and i'm actually looking at the 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 selfie he took right now that keeps playing on the story in the background of the of the donald trump tweet story i think that's overwhelmingly positive for nascar and for sports in general going forward
1: i, I do i mean like look did it was it was it uncut we you know was it a little uncomfortable and how over the top and defiant he was about what how sure he was and how he felt. Yes. Okay. But this, but again, you know, the, though I, I, I don't necessarily know, like there's, there's a difference there between like an outright apology and Hey man, I freaked out a little bit, but again, like my net takeaway is, you know, all these, all these people had my back and that's really what's important. Right. Really what's important is, and and it's also I I think it's also important to realize recognize that I I would hope the largest percentage of NASCAR fans are not in fact racist. They're, they're they're not. That that is one thing that I think you know Trump is capitalizing on is there there is a a pushback from some to which you're like look it, it's okay it's it's very very oh, it's it's okay to not agree with everything everything of the progressive left and not be a racist. You know, there there's a, there's an in between between, you know, everything is bad and America is bad and, or you're a racist, right? There's a whole huge span in between. And I think that's one of the things that Bubba Wallace could have sort of capitalized on, which if you actually take it as you and I do, as what happened, That's, I think, what happened, which is, like, I'm sure there's guys that don't align with Bubba Wallace politically or with, you know, the super far left politically, but are good gentlemen, humans, who just want to race or just want to, as fans, just want to support NASCAR or whatever. Like, look, there there are parts of the story, and, you know, Ryan Music's producing uh, this version of the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio with Jason Smith. I'm Doug Gottlieb. There are parts of the story that at the moment that it happened, I was sitting here going like, this doesn't seem right. I right? just, there was nobody in the garages because there's only 5,000 people in a hundred thousand uh, seat stadium and there's cameras everywhere. There's just, why would, why would it, that would be the dumbest crime of the century in terms of if you don't want to get caught. So that part just didn't seem right to me. Um, and I do think, kind of to go back and I would counter you to what was NASCAR to do? NASCAR could have taken a breath and said, all right, ho- hold on. Like let's who was, let's check the cameras. Let's see who is here. This is one of the things that we're doing now with political marches, which is we, 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 we can want justice. But justice isn't vigilante justice. Justice isn't, I think I know what happened because I saw it on a cell phone camera or even saw it on a body camera and I determined that's exactly what happened. Justice is investigation. Justice in many cases is, okay, now it goes to court. Then there's 12 jurors and there's a trial. And then when it comes out, then there's the ruling and maybe there's the appeal. Like that's what justice looks like. It isn't jumping to conclusions and determining everybody's a racist or everybody's not a racist, whatever. I do think though the net takeaway is NASCAR is united in trying to be viewed differently than the traditional view of NASCAR is. And you can try and deny this all you want, but NASCAR is widely considered a southern sport. There, it was the home of Confederate flags. Not all people were 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 racist, but there there was a there, there's. It's like the it's the whitest sport in America, right? And so you sit there and you could make, you could have a predetermined bias. If you're someone of color, that's that while it may not be reasonable in facts, it could be reasonable in feelings and NASCAR is trying to eliminate, eliminate some of that. And I just, I wouldn't take the bait if I was Bubba Wallace and I would just go like, Hey, look, all my brothers supported me and we're just going to keep racing. And we want, we want the support of all fans, especially ones that just want to see great racing.
5: You know, and now that's going to be the the big question is what happens with NASCAR now coming off of this? Well, how do they deal with this with this tweet? And I would hope that NASCAR, as as you said, Bubba, look, we want to race, we want to be together. I would hope that NASCAR would learn of the missteps of the NFL when President Trump first started tweeting about kneeling the national anthem it was oh my god, the president is tweeting about us. Oh my god, what what are we going to do? And it was they were scattered and they had no game plan. And it was wait a minute, wait a minute, and then you hear you know many many people online say, I'm never going to watch the NFL again and this may be why ratings are going down and all of this crazy stuff and the NFL didn't know where to go. Why is the president uh, attacking us on this when this was a a topic that had really been settled, right? It wasn't a front burner story when the president brought it back up but the NFL didn't know how to deal with it. Now, We're years later, and obviously the aftermath of the killing of George Floyd has made us different, but the NFL has decided we're going to stand behind our players, and we understand uh, that not everybody's going to agree with this, but we're behind our players, that's how we're going to go forward. And also, you know, three years later, you realize that President Trump tweets about everything. You know, I mean, he's he's probably well, gone. He, he's, yeah. he's on from there. Now, obviously, he's doing this. He wants to fire up his base. Yes, You know, that, that, that this is what he's trying to do. Yes. But in the end, if NASCAR ignores it, it's not like we're suddenly, now we're going to be in a big back and forth, and this is the front burner story. Something else is going to happen that's going to take President Trump's uh, attention away, and maybe he circles back and tweets about it at some point, however it is. But I, I think the NFL would Say, boy, if we had just ignored it, everything would have been fine. And I think NASCAR would say, if 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 we take that tack of it, and just he said what he said. We're going to ignore it, move on, and race. And we're about racing, and and we said what we have said, and and we're going on. I think that's the right thing to do. This is this is what we're doing. We're I, going on. I I, I would I
1: would agree. I would agree. But to this point, just about everybody else has taken the bait, and I do think like the I I I do think the flag thing. There is a and there's there's enough people who are bothered by people kneeling before the flag. They they just they just just are. I think it's a different, but all, all these things are the same. Which is, our brethren in the media, always take the bait. And I'm wondering if NASCAR does as well.
5: Twitter at how about a fresca Doug at Gottlieb show again. Uh, this story just coming in now. President Trump calling out Bubba Wallace and NASCAR in a tweet asking for Bubba Wallace to apologize to the NASCAR drivers who came to his aid, only to find out the new situation was a hoax. And he says that and the flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. We'll have more on this story uh, throughout the show today. But coming up next, we got Rick Buecher stopping by as the NBA is getting set to report to the bubble in Orlando. Is everybody still all in on it? We got a couple of teams closing their facilities this week because of COVID-19 concerns. Keep it right here for all this and more. This is
1: Fox Sports Radio.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet 365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1 800
1: GAMBLER. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tyrac Tire has the tires that will elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all terrain tires for on and off road adventure. Go to tyrack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from a full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRite.com sports to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's Tireac.com slash sports, Tireac.com, the way tire buying should be.
2: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.
6: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe win a one-on-one yeah, contest. Yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going exactly. guard. Like You see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going guard, and then on I'm top of it, like that. See
8: that.
7: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point
4: Game. I remember you came in my room crying tears, <laughs> t- I mean, he was in a culture shock, and then he's going to withdraw us about winning.
6: Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college? it. Ain't <laughs>
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, a big day in the NBA
5: as now things are starting to get tight. As teams are getting set to report to the Orlando bubble, we have a couple of teams who have shut down their own practice facilities, the Bucks and the Kings, the latest two teams due to coronavirus concerns. You have players talking about the nervous anxiousness surrounding the NBA bubble that there is. And joining us now on the hotline to help us break it all down, Bleacher Report, Fox Sports 1, NBA Insider, Rick Buecher. Rick, what's happening, man?
8: Not, uh, not a whole lot. I'm not, uh, I'm not in the bubble, but I am, uh, but I am positive that I am negative. All
1: right <laughs> the coronavirus. Oh, Okay. So I guess, uh, look, the, the, there's like a dry run here with the TBT, the basketball tournament, and they've yep. had, they've had some issues. They had four teams that couldn't even participate. Now a fifth team Eberline drive is not even going to get to play because they had one guy test positive. Um, mm-hmm. What about some of these NBA teams that have had some players test positive? Will they then rejoin their teams in Orlando? Uh,
8: I, my understanding is they're going to attempt to do that, but it's I mean this is a it's a very fluid situation, and now that we've been talking about this for weeks, and there's been a um, certain degree of optimism that they're going to get this done. I know that the NBA is still committed to finding a way to get this done. But now that we're actually having to make it happen, now that it's the reality of guys have to show up, they have to stay stay virus-free, and they have to have this collection of people stay virus-free, they're finding the challenge in doing that. So I still believe that they're going to find a way to get this done. But it is, and I can tell you the people in the league are more uh, concerned that they're not going to be able to as much as they want to, uh, simply because of the protocol that they've put in place in terms of the standards. That if you test positive, then you got to be quarantined for, for two weeks. And uh, all, all we need at this point are some... Uh, you know, some significant players uh, testing positive or having to be quarantined for a couple of weeks, and uh, and this whole thing could go sideways. So uh, we'll see. But uh, it is not a good sign that teams are having to shut down their facilities because it makes it in infinitely harder for these guys to get back into the shape that they need to be in. And it's still not getting back to – any sort of five on five yet, but guys need to get in. Look, there's, for for those who think uh, every player has his own home gym and his own home court, those are, you know, maybe a dozen guys in the league uh, have that readily available. Most of them need their facility open in order for them to get the kind of even individual training that they need to prepare for a season.
5: Do you think, Rick, that because Doug and I had this conversation a few minutes ago, we got into it about the being in the bubble versus not being in the bubble. At this point, does getting Mm. there help so much because right now there's so much so many problems with players trying to stay healthy when they're living everyday lives in addition to playing that once they get to the bubble and the NBA is in charge of things and you're in that quarantine that that they can keep a lid on COVID-19
8: and we can actually focus on the basketball? Well certainly I, I would hope that they'd have a better chance in the bubble. I know we're going to Florida and my suggestion is they should be doing this in Montana. It has the fewest cases. Build 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 your own little uh park uh there or facility. Uh certainly we we got a a a hoop up in time for uh Jordan to make space jam. Um you're telling me that we couldn't we couldn't do that someplace. I know getting players to Montana versus Florida uh is uh, might be a little more difficult. Then again, we don't have fans, and they're not supposed to be going out, going crazy anyway. So, uh, I, 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 I mean, I. It's partly in jest, but it's like, how badly do you want to get this done? And that's the thing that is going to have to come home. How badly do the players want to uh, want to get this get this done and to play? Because the, uh, the, the, the rules and the protocol and, and everything, the resources that the NBA needs uh, to keep this, the league safe enough to play, they are going to be there. It's going to be there. It's going to be a question of do the players adhere to that or does human nature take over? And as we've seen in various places in the country, our, our younger citizens feeling like, Hey, I'm asymptomatic or I'm young and it's not going to influence me or, Hey, I want to live my life. That's what has kicked this thing sideways. And our, uh, you know, uh, the, the, the players in the NBA by and large fall into that demographic. So we will see uh, whether guys are willing to do it. And, but I, I think in some ways this, These warning shots now perhaps could send the message: Hey, we can't mess around. If we want to get this done, we're going to have to do it right.
1: There there is the one thing, though, Buke: Like, are these guys really not just at risk? Forget about of of contracting it, of of getting it. But are they actually at risk if they get it? Right? Like, there's there doesn't seem to be any statistical data that tells you that if they get it, these guys are in danger of. Uh, not, not just losing their lives, but of losing substantial lung capacity. That just doesn't, there, there doesn't seem to be the data to support that.
8: Yeah. If you, if you really dig into the, the medical issues, uh, no, but this is the NBA is not, it's not just a matter of is there damage going to be done, but uh, are what kind of example are we setting for the rest of the country in terms of how to approach this? If we simply and and by the way, it may not affect the players, but we've got 65-year-old Mike D'Antoni who's going to be there. We have any number of assistant coaches uh, in their 50s, other coaches in their 50s and their 60s. Uh, there are plenty of people that uh, could contract it and would be uh, severely uh, in danger if they did. And so that's it's that's the issue. It's not just you know the players will be safe, or the players would not uh, n- not suffer any you know dire consequences as a result of having it. It's that the NBA community is bigger than that.
1: No, no, I, I I get it, but I mean, like, look, that that is a, I if you're if you're if you're a coach that old, either you know you coach from the third row, you know, uh, wear wear gloves and a mask, or have somebody else coach. But I, I just the players that I I don't. Something doesn't line up with some of these guys who say, you know, family because we we never question a family like we're never going to do that. But the truth is that, like, you have you have better medical care there than you would have right. at home at home. You're not living in a bubble. You're not you're not quarantined at home. Right. So the idea that you have a stronger likelihood of, of contracting it for your family, n- not as much. It's really more you know, people 60 years plus and those are the people that have to make their own individual decisions.
8: Yeah. Well, look, I'm not debating that. And I've said it like guys, uh, NBA players will be safer in the bubble than they would be anyplace else. So there's not, there's not the excuse that, Hey, I'm worried about contracting this. So I don't want to go to Florida or I don't want to go to the bubble or uh, whatever it is. I, I, I do think that's an excuse, but it still comes down to be in the bubble and, uh, and then be smart, because, you know, I mean, I've had GMs tell me this, like, the great concern is guys are going to try to be, you know, not, it's not about family, it's trying to sneak people in that aren't supposed to be in or sneaking out or that, you know, especially especially once they get there and they're, we're talking about a like a three-month uh, adventure here. Sure. At some point, guys get a little restless or they think, oh, it's not that bad, or I'm okay, or... You know, I need a night out or I need to bring somebody in and then who knows what happens Uh, because there's going to be testing throughout and all you need is really, all you need is one case like that. And, uh, and, and then the NBA has to deal with a potential PR nightmare.
1: Who is, uh, let's, let's get to the actual teams. Um, yeah. Aver Bradley, not going Lou Williams, still TBD. I'm thinking he's going out. yeah. Does it change your perspective on the West with Avery Bradley not going? Uh
8: it it does somewhat. I mean, look, it doesn't because I've always thought that the Clippers because of their age and their depth um, and their relative size that uh that they uh, they've they've always been my favorite uh in in the West. I do believe as I as I start to think about the dynamics of playing again, that, it, that the ability to play slower. And, and it's funny because we've gone to this small ball league. I think size is going to be a, a huge factor having to play this many games and having to play at a very uh, high level and an intense level right away. I think teams that can control tempo and that can play a little bit slower and still be effective are the teams that are going to have uh, an advantage? So, you know, I like Toronto. I think Boston is hurt by that. Uh, Philadelphia, uh, you know, if those guys come back in any kind of a shape, I, uh, any kind of shape, I think suddenly they have an advantage that that they didn't previously have. Uh, the Lakers still, but Dwight Howard has to be there. And and uh, and, and the other concern that I have is is age wise. Uh, the older teams, I, I I have my concerns about. Can you get all your guys? Can Rajan Rondo, Danny Green, can they get revved up and uh, and and in the kind of condition that they need to be in without suffering injury? How quickly can you get there? And that's where, again, that's where I think the depth is a is a huge factor because uh, you're 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 not going to want to play anybody, you know, over. 30, 32 minutes, because if you have to play anybody 40 in order to, uh, in order for your team to be at its best, then I think that's a recipe for disaster.
5: Rick Bukie with us here. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb been for Dan and the Danettes. Okay, Rick, so let, do do this real quick. If I said to you, fill in the blank, with all this stuff mm-hmm. going on right now, you have the favorites, you have the Bucks, the Clippers, the Lakers are still at the top. If I said to you, mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if surprise team X won the NBA title, what team would you tell me? Surprise team that wouldn't really surprise you if they won the NBA title?
1: Oh,
8: I can't believe I'm saying this.
5: The Knicks are not there, just so you know. I
1: was going to say the Rockets yeah. or something like that. The Knicks are not there. I was going to say the Rockets or something.
8: No, you know what? I I have a hard time with the Rockets, again, because it runs counter to my idea. Yes, they play slow, but they're small. And they got to... And they have to really rely on on James and Russell. And I, 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 I hate to say it, but like James is one of those guys that <laughs> I could see breaking protocol. I just... You think? I just, I you, just th- you think could, the guy who but... has
1: his jersey hanging in the rafters of, of a strip club? You, you think?
8: <sighs> okay, you said it. You said it. I didn't. Oh, uh, so... Um, Actually, you know, most likely to.
1: Is there a betting line for most likely to contract COVID? Oh, wow. There's lines on everything. All right. So go ahead. Go ahead. It's a fair point. Um,
8: There's so much that I don't like about them, but the Philadelphia 76ers, I think, have a better shot, like better shot than I than I ever thought that they did as a result of the return.
1: I'm going to I'm going to offer the counter thought here for a second, Rick. Okay. um what's the longest road trip you've ever been on with with a friend yeah did you go like you were a dartmouth guy when you graduated did you did you do a did you go backpacking through europe
8: no uh we i drove across the, after i graduated yeah. i drove across the country with a buddy
1: were you guys still friends Me at decided. the end of that drive
8: uh yes we were but we didn't <laughs> we were we were still friends but we um, Took a break, but the relationship was strained for a while, and yes. we didn't. When we when we didn't talk for a couple months. Okay,
1: so that that's kind of my point, which is like one our chemistry. One Ben Simmons, in terms of likelihood of breaking a, proto- a protocol, yeah. I, he'd be on yeah. the list. Secondly, yeah. like there's some personality quirks between he and Embiid, which you know, again, like normally you normally you go in your own cabs, you go your own Ubers, whatever, you go your own way. Yeah but I, I do think that for the Clippers who haven't, hadn't yet totally come together, it could really help for the 76ers that had been together and had seemingly struggled to fit all these personalities on and off the floor together. I I actually think that could hurt them.
8: Well, if you, like, so I... Uh, it,
1: You're just around each team, other too much.
8: No, no, my team, my team, see, I don't think they're a surprise team. You were asking me for a shock team. Like, my team, the, the team that I could see this winning easily for a number of reasons that do fit with my, all of my theories are the Toronto Raptors because, but I don't know if you look at them as a shock team, if they won it all, I mean, they, they would be defending their championship successfully, but I, they don't have chemistry issues. Uh, they have size. Uh, certainly they have experience and, uh, and I, and I love that. It's a sign that, you know, they already went they're already in Florida. They already took their team down there. It's a little odd that they already took their team down there, considering what Florida is. But the fact that they've done that, and we haven't heard a peep about any issues from anybody on that team about doing that, uh, to me is all, are, are all a positive signs. So I, I just but they've been a team that I've thought had a legitimate shot at the championship all year long, so I was trying to go out of the box. But your points about chemistry are very good and I kind of knew there was something about Philly that I I just couldn't get on that. But but from the size standpoint, I I do I still stand that they have better opportunity because of their potential of the way that they play. I'm my my other caveat with that is it's hard for me to believe that Joel Embiid has been staying in tip top shape. All this time, I know there's been Instagram stuff out there where he's in the weight room, but doing the hard kind of aerobic conditioning necessary—it's just not what I've known Joel Embiid to be. I hope I'm wrong, but uh, that's that's one other reason why. As much as I want to go with my theory of size is going to is going to stand out, and they are one of the biggest teams in the league. uh, There are a lot of other factors that uh, intangible factors that that could send it the other way
5: he's on twitter at rick buecher that is at rick buecher fox sports one bleach report nba insider about to take a cross-country trip to orlando with his three best friends so wish him luck <laughs> if you see yeah. him in his car as you- <laughs> I, and,
8: and and after that Philly explanation i'm going to backpedal there the whole way <laughs> <laughs> take it easy buddy
5: we'll talk to you <laughs> see you guys great stuff there from rick Buk- you know i've done one cross-country trip luckily it was with my wife so we got along well we drove across country but at the end it was okay we got to kind of get there uh, you know let's, let's 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 let 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 let's get there we, i see the finish line let's go i know we can do a couple of days here and here let's just get there i'm I'm kind of ready to go
1: yeah we we haven't i, I actually want to do that this summer uh with my with my kids um yeah i want to i want to do the rv thing i i I've wanted to do it forever. I don't have an RV, but I'd like to have an RV. I don't want to buy an RV because not because I'm cheap, but because I have friends that have had a really cool RV. And after a couple of summers, they were like, yeah, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I want to do it, but I do. I've, I've done some cross country journeys. I've actually, you know, like, look, when I was, um,
5: well, you can rent one you know. No, I, I, mean, I know. We've done that and it you'll go for like 3 or 4 days and feel like you're gone for a week and a half. Yeah. That's no, no, what no. that's that's what that vacation is kind of like.
1: So but but I I will say this in terms of basketball team and different personalities when I was in high school the AAU circuit was you play one tournament in Long Beach, one tournament in Vegas and one tournament in Phoenix, right? And they were, you know, three different weeks. Those were the open weeks. And by the way, you would, you'd have a camp, you know, there's either the, the biggest camps that was ABCD or Nike at the time. And then there was a smaller camp. So you'd actually be with the same people for a better part of a month. And I'm telling you that every year we got to Phoenix and some, there was a fight. (laughs) It was (laughs) always a fight. And that was one month. You're talking about three months. I, that will challenge the chemistry of, of any team.
5: Twitter at how about a fresca? Doug at Gottlieb Show. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan, and the Danettes. Uh, we'll have more bubble talk coming up in a bit, but straight ahead, we have a big story coming out of Major League Baseball today. One team really not happy after what's gone on the past couple of days. We got it right here for you next. Fox
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com.
0: terms and conditions apply you've put it off
1: long enough it's time to replace your tires tire Rack has the tires that'll elevate your drive touring tires for commuter comfort performance tires for sporting handling all-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure go to tire to get started not sure where to begin use the tire decision guide to get a personalized tire recommendation the right tires for how what and where you drive Choose from a full line of General Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com to see their general tire test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. Be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires at a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash sports, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
7: Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb been
5: for Dan and the Danettes. Thanks to Rick Buker stopping by a few minutes ago on the Mercedes-Benz hotline. Do you suffer from lead foot? Do goosebumps appear for no reason? Stop living with uninspired performance. Visit MBUSA.com slash AMG. That's MBUSA.com slash AMG. Find out if a Mercedes-AMG coupe sedan or SUV is right for you. Mercedes-AMG driving performance. So a few minutes ago, we talked to Rick Bucher about life in the NBA bubble, and now life in Major League Baseball is starting to take a bit of a turn. As today, the Washington Nationals have closed their camp. GM Mike Rizzo making the announcement on Twitter a few moments ago, saying that because of the MLB testing protocol, they don't feel safe opening camp because they are still waiting for their players' COVID-19 tests. Quote, Without accurate and timely testing, it is simply not safe for us to continue with summer camp. Major League Baseball needs to work quickly to resolve issues with their process and their lab. And Doug, this is something we had heard some players talk about over the weekend. that boy, uh, after the first couple of days of going through this process, I don't know that Major League Baseball quite has their act together on this.
1: No, but I, again, I, I just think there's, there's a certain reasonable nature here, right? Like, There's a bigger question. The David Price question is really interesting, right? Here's a guy who has a $210 million overall contract, a a guy who it should be pointed out um, is giving $1,000 to, I believe 200 minor league players who lost their job, Mm. right? That's $200,000. My math's not great, but $200,000, that's a, that's a lot of money. Like that's a lot of money to guys that you don't know. Um, Anyway, um, where he's not please opting out, you know, because of COVID concerns, I just think there's a reasonable nature, which is like, yeah, I, I'd be, I'm a little, you know, Mike Trout, his wife's pregnant, I'm a little off by this, but I'm gonna trust that there's some kinks, they'll get it worked out, and that's kind of where I am with it. Like, if you just, if you're reasonable about it and you understand that this is all, um, you know, uh, new territory for all of us, especially these sports franchises that. This is not how they're, they're not usually built for these things. You generally figure it out. And I, I think that's a reasonable nature. Like, look, I, I guess the, the question is this, Jason, and this is a question I have for you. I know my answer. If we operate on the premise that there is no vaccine, at least until 2021, and this is out there, and you're not going to be able to maintain a completely clean bubble. Do you think we should have sports? Because if you're going to have sports, you're going to have positive COVID-19 tests. That's the way right. it goes.
5: Uh, certain sports I think we can have, and certain sports I think are going to be impossible to have. You know, there's certain sports, you know, we've gotten back golf, we've gotten back NASCAR, we've gotten back UFC, and we're going to have those sports all the way through. I'd like to think that baseball is the most – I would say most COVID friendly, I guess, for lack of a better term. No question. Where, where the, well, you COVID, could be able to have this. Where, yeah, where you yeah. could play and not worry as much about infection because you're not as close. You're not, you're not, you're not, you know, swapping bodily fluids mainly. It's, you know, where the NBA and, and the NFL, you're going to have that.
1: Yes. And they're playing in Korea. They've been playing in Korea for two months. Like, we can do this. They, clearly it can be done. I mean, baseball, with the exception of the baseball, you don't come. You don't have to come anywhere near anybody, especially in an empty stadium. So, like, I, 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 I think being cautious is reasonable. I think freaking out, especially in baseball, is being unreasonable.
5: Yeah, but now's the freak out time. This is the, no. Now's okay. the time
1: to take a breath and to go like, all right, like, let's what's the problem? yeah but now you're here
5: and doing i think now that you're here and doing it and you actually have to do it and it's not an idea in the abstract of oh yeah of course we want to play baseball well now you're here and you're playing and everybody's wearing masks. oh i don't know there's that freak out time that's just going to happen and i think we got you got to get past that freak out time
1: okay I, i it's it's um yes you have to get past it and i don't i i don't i don't believe i don't know shutting down camps i don't Think is actually the way to go about it, but I don't. Again, I don't know how dysfunctional this process is.
5: Again, this uh, new story: the Nationals have shut down their camp because they have not gotten back their COVID nineteen tests, uh, and they want Major League Baseball to have better issues with being able to process tests. And their lad, this is a developing story will continue on with. But coming up next, boy, one tweet from the president earlier today has one sport all kinds of in the news. This is next on Fox.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Greetings and welcome inside hour three of the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. And, uh, you know, we talked about this a few minutes ago. We're going to get into the Bubba Wallace uh, story coming up in a second because it's a very big deal what's happening right now. But also, Major League Baseball, are we starting to see teams unite? The Washington Nationals canceled uh, their workouts today and also are closing their camp because they have not gotten back the COVID-19 test that the players took three days ago. Nats GM Mike Rizzo saying, listen, MLB's got to get their act together on this, so we're closing our summer camp, and and we really need something to be better. Bob Nightingale, USA Today, who joins us on Fox Sports Radio all the time. I know, Doug, you and I both have him on our shows, uh, saying that the Astros have canceled their workout today as well. So you start They to did so them. by uh,
1: pounding on a trash can, by the
5: way. It, it, that's how they let us know. If they did oh, not that's, pound.
1: That's to yeah. cancel the camp. So that's what I mean. <laughs>
5: If it was the whistling, it would mean we'd have morning workouts, right, right, right. but not afternoon workouts. Right. Uh, so, is are we starting to see a trend here? Our teams now—is this some sort of hey solidarity of all right? You got to help us all out here, or we're all closing our our, our fields today because of this? Is is this something that that we're going to see many teams do? Because the Astros still haven't gotten their COVID nineteen test results as well.
1: Well, okay. I mean, how long? How long did you? I, I I took a test this weekend. I was told five days. So again, but I'm just I'm just Joe Public, right? And did so kind of in a walk up walk up test, uh, you know, just 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 to be sure. So I I I guess my my question is, how long does it normally take? I, I don't know. I mean, I just again, we have to be reasonable. Like, ah, oh, three days, I'm out. Like, <laughs> oh, hold on, dude. Like. <laughs> And and is it, you know, is it Major League Baseball? Did they, I'm guessing they, they, uh, they contracted it out, right? Especially in the area of who's doing it. I, I don't know. I, I mean,
5: it's, it's so, it's so difficult because we're in a situation where nobody knows anything right? No, nobody knows. This is something brand new. Scientists are still trying to figure out COVID-19. But, you know, you read about something on the internet and you think, well, this is how it goes. It takes three days. Okay, so three days. Why you don't have it in three days? And there's a lot of skittishness now because the idea of playing, which was great, which NBA players, hey, I want to play. And MLB players, yes, of course we want to play. Now it's time to pack a bag and go, right? Now, now, now we're ready. And it's, ooh, I don't know. I, I want to feel safe. I don't know that there's any way you're going to feel safe. You know what I mean? What, what could baseball? Because look, base, not like baseball in the NBA can say, we can keep you away from COVID-19. They can't say that. They can say, hey, we can do all these things to keep you away from COVID-19. You do your part. We will have you. I promise you. But there's always going to be that skittishness of, gee, I don't know. And, it, it, you know, sometimes if it takes three days, it takes three days. It takes five days. It takes five days. I think this is what, what I hope this is, is these are teams saying, you know what? our players are skittish right now and if it gets out that way that that we have all these individual players who are don't want to go that that could ruin this before it even starts so let's just stand up in the beginning and say hey you got to take care of this before this gets any worse all right this is that one this is that hey you know what i i, I but before we start i just want to say this And I want to get your attention that you have to be on top of this from here on out because we got a lot of players who are nervous. We want to play, but you got to do this. So I think this is that warning for Major League Baseball to say, you got to get on top of this right now and you have to be able to tell us what's going on. And if you don't know and you're figuring out, tell us that. But you have to be transparent with us and you have to tell us how things are going because there's also the bit of how, look, players in the league don't get along with each other. And we saw this throughout the entire negotiation. So there's always that bit of mistrust that's built into this as well well I don't know if they don't
1: get along with each other I just I think I think there's there's a bunch uh, a, a, a big portion of the reason why there was such a holdout you know in signing this deal was you know everybody's positioning themselves for the CBA right when you, when you listen to Rob Manfred talk it was pretty obvious that because they couldn't get in the facilities until July 1st and which is the case with all of these different sports, right? I mean, that's that's basketball. Hockey's going to start, I think, the middle of July. They couldn't get in their facilities until July 1st. He's like, look, there's just a window for 60 games and that's it. So all the other negotiations were just posturing, which is what exactly happened with baseball and their owners. They're all just setting the table. I, I think that's what more of what that's about. Look, I, I, I just kind of think if you're a baseball, if you're a professional athlete and you're usually a finely tuned machine, right? you're not wired like average Joe And if the, if the medical experts say, look, even if you get it, you're not really at that much risk, then I think you go back to work. That's what I think you do. That's uh, this, that might sound really, really callous. And I completely understand it may be different if you have a, if you're, you know, wife and child, or you live near uh, somebody who's elderly, my counter to that would be like, Hey, you did get three months at home, which as a major league baseball player, you will never ever get again until you retire. You know, same thing when you're a basketball, you'll never, ever get. So th- there's a trade off. I-, I think that at some point there needs to be a professional athlete of substance, uh, basketball or baseball. I think Tom Brady's kind of doing this already He's doing. the don't have the thing fear, but fear itself uh, just to say, like, look for our sport, which has made us either thousandaires or millionaires, made us wealthy men and will continue to will continue to prosper off it. We need to get back to work because our sport needs us, and I I actually think that's that should be a big part of the discussion.
5: See, I I think you. What everybody needs to do is realize this as well, because I, I'm on the other side, is that we have to understand the athletes, is that getting back to work, yes, we all have to get back to work. Uh, you and I are lucky. Hopefully, everybody is lucky enough to have bosses and managers who, all right, here's how we're going to deal with it. You can work from home. We want you to be safe. We want you to be able to feel that you are okay, and you can continue to do your job as this, in the safest way possible. For athletes, you can't do that. And you're telling them that yes, you make a lot of money, you do all this, but you have to go and potentially put your health at risk if you're going to go play. And yeah, but wait, hold on, hold on, hold
1: on, Jason, Jason Masahiro Tanaka, Masahiro Tanaka, right? He was in the hospital yesterday because he got hit by a line drive off John Carlos Stanton. Right? They're doing, yeah. they were doing like a little, uh, like. uh Oh, well, like a scrimmage. The first right. thing is, I don't know why they don't have the net up when when it's you know friendly fire.
5: Yeah, well, it was a simulated game. They were trying to simulate game circumstances. Right, so I I, yeah. I
1: understand, but you can also you can put a, a net up there. Like, look, when you're a professional athlete, you're putting yourself in some form of harm's way anyway. Right? I mean, like, and you may you may think in basketball you're not, but the the truth is like you're still putting you you don't know what anyone in that arena has or is carrying before this. And you have way better medical care when you're in your when you're with your professional sports team than you do at home. Like that's the that's the whole thing with college athletes, which is all these kids are much better off being on college campus than they are being at home when they don't have the same medical care. It's the same for a professional athlete. And when you're there, they've they're more likely to get either uh, gravely injured playing their sport uh, than they are to get sick. Again, there just isn't. the But yes, are you. Are you? Do you offer up the possibility of catching this? Absolutely. You offer up the possibility, but you, you do at home as well. So I don't really see, I don't understand the difference. I, I just don't. I, I don't. I don't understand why you're so much more at risk going to play baseball uh, in, in your training camp than you are being at home when the rest of the world is, we're not under quarantine anymore.
5: If, I, if I'm at home and I open the door to my office, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do the show, I'm going to do things, and I'm going to be okay. If I walk into the clubhouse and I open the door, and I, I touch my face or something, I, I could get COVID nineteen. I mean, that's that's not an occupational
1: hazard. With pay. getting but hit J- by a line Jason, drive they d- is you can't do their job from home. you can't do their job from home.
5: Right, exactly. It's not so an option. What I'm saying is, you have to understand and, and be more understanding of the players that they are going, and you are putting your health in jeopardy. All right, think of, think about it this way. But, Let's say but Fox, Fox, but there Fox, are no but
1: there are no show me any study, any study, anyone that says. professional athlete is putting itself their health actually at risk
5: well you are because you are around other people i I understand but
1: they even the ones that have contracted it they they are not actually either they they may get sick but like i I, there's one of the players that was and again this is this is a very small there's no real case study here but one of the players that was ruled out of of tbt is if somebody i know a friend of mine and he had it, and he's like, "Yeah, my brother had it, and I got it, and I was sick for three days, and it sucked, and now I'm fine." And he has a little baby. And he's like, "Yeah, I would still would have played if they would let me, but they, they wouldn't let me because I still had it in my system, and I tested positive." Anyway, like they're just, I like we're we're acting like this is the bubonic plague, and it it's not. I'm not saying that it is not super dangerous if you're 60 years old or if you have a, a pre-existing medical condition, but to anyone else. It does not, especially a professional athlete, it doesn't appear. And like, yeah, technically working at home, but they don't, that's a, that's a, it's a non-starter for me because they can't, their job could never be at home. It just, it it just can't. And oh yeah, by the way, no one's staying in their home, Jason, maybe you're, you're not, you had 4th of July, you, you went and got together with friends. Nobody is staying under quarantine anymore. So the second you, the second you hang out with another family, you have opened yourself up to the exact same possibility as you said a professional athlete does when they open the clubhouse door.
5: But if you are social distancing, if you're doing it the right way, and, and, and that's where we've gotten to in, in, in this country, is that I don't think we opened up the country too soon. I just think we didn't open it up smartly enough. And, and people want to get close to each other, and you spread the coronavirus. Now, you're going to see this big uptick. Unfortunately, you're going to see the death rate really increase in the next couple of weeks because we just saw the uptick now with the new cases, and now it's going to be a couple of weeks. H- how you're, long? You're how long
1: hold on. How long has there been an uptick?
5: We've had. You want to go back to? I would say shortly after. I would say shortly after Memorial Day weekend. Correct. Is when yeah. you had the uptick. So now right. we're about and, and we're at a little bit less and, than a month away from that. And you're seeing, and you're seeing more and more people. No, you're open not. Up. You're not Doug, seeing more and case, more deaths. You're seeing the, the lowest
1: death number. we seeing the lowest death death number in in months.
5: I, it, there's Doug, no correlation. Do you
1: want to get it? Do you want to get it? Are you okay getting it? I'm. I'm, I'm not sure. Okay I, it. I'm guessing. I've probably already have it, or I will get it. Maybe I, it's it's but, frankly you know, unavoidable. Do I want to know. get it? Of course, I don't want of to get you don't it. Want to get
5: it? But that, but that's, but but my point with the athletes is that they're being told that you have to go into the situation that is not you are not in control. Of they're anymore. not told
1: you actually. They're You're not kidding. being told you have to. They're told, they? being told that if you want to work, this yeah, is what you and, have to and do. People
5: want to work. How how would you feel? All right, think about this for Fox Sports Radio. They allowed us to all do our jobs from from home, and 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 are that's why I'm I'm happy to that this is how it's gone. Look, we have great people that we work for, Don Martin, Scotch Bureau. It's awesome. What if Fox said, you know what? Sorry. The shows don't sound the same. We need everybody in studio. And then there's positive COVID nineteen tests, but we still need everybody in studio. We're gonna we're gonna wipe the the systems down. We're gonna wipe all the computers down, but we still want everybody in studio. It's a risk for you to come in and work knowing that well there's COVID nineteen positive tests. I am
1: sitting in a studio I know where, you are where, where a, instead of being in my home I had like, we had like dual sleepovers last night. So there's just no way I was cranking up the radio at, at, at six in the morning or whatever. Anyway, <laughs>
5: everybody up. Sure.
1: So yeah, like, look, it's my job. You know, it's, it's my job. You, you, I trust, I trust my bosses do the best possible job they can to keep me healthy. Okay. I don't touch anything. I sit in one chair. I come in right before I rip and roar. and We, we go. <laughs> yeah. So I, again, like it's, it's a, either you want to do your job, Or you don't and it's it's listen it's okay i mean these guys get to keep their job even if they don't show up the job but most people don't and i just you know but the idea that that staying at home is somehow safer when we're not under quarantine anymore unless you're agoraphobic and you're not leaving your home, the second you open your door, period, like the whole social distancing thing. See, look, is it reasonable to say, wear a mask? Yes, you can wear a mask. You can go to your clubhouse and wear gloves. If you want, you don't, you don't have to, they they're, they're doing the best they possibly can. But this idea that professional athletes are putting themselves at some grave danger risk, like there just isn't any stats to back it up. Meanwhile, they're actually safer at their job than they probably are at home. Cause when you're at home, You're going to take the kids out, you're going to go to the store, you're going to go live life, and that's the time when you're going to come into contact with an uncontrolled environment, unlike the environment of an empty baseball facility.
5: Well, this is why I look at what the NBA is doing and why the bubble, I think, is the best way forward. You know, you can you can keep things as much under control as possible with what's going on in the NBA. Because hey, you're here and we're gonna make sure that people aren't getting in that could infect you, or you're doing the right thing. You're staying in in with your teammates, and I get that. Major League Baseball's got the other side of it, and that's hey, we're gonna show up at our home parks, we're gonna do it this way, and and we're just gonna go forward that way. And you have two ways of thinking about it, and you know, but as far as either sport, it doesn't matter. I I just think you have to be a little bit understanding of the athletes. You know, Knowing that we're going into a situation where we're putting our health at risk. What if I have an undiagnosed medical condition? I want to think that I can beat things back if I can. That I'm going to be okay like the vast majority of people. But you know, do, do, do you really want to say okay and if I get it, I get it? I, mean, I, I think we need to do a little bit more. It's, it's like people, you don't know enough about this yet. You know, just, okay, well, here's the death rate is going down. Okay, but now, but the death rate was going down because for the longest time we were flattening the curve. We were doing the right thing. Now everybody is back out, and you're seeing the cases go up in over half the states. So while we're getting back to it, and I, I, I agree that we need to get back to, to business and, and, and back to do their jobs, is we have to have some kind of understanding that, all right, the players are doing something that you're not asking the average person to do. And there are certain times where you're going to be put in a situation where you just can't be safe. We can't. You hear all the experts say social distance, wear a mask on. Sometimes you can't do that. And the NBA players aren't going to be able to do that. And MLB players probably aren't going to be able to do that. So just to be understanding of that as you make these decisions going forward is where I think sports need to be. Twitter at how about a fresca Doug at Gottlieb show, uh, great stuff here on the show again. Big news going on in Major League Baseball: uh, Nationals and Astros changing and canceling their workouts for the day, at least closing their camps because they haven't gotten their COVID nineteen. Uh, test back yet. We'll have more on this story coming up. We got a Dodgers insider, David Vasse from AM570 LA Sports. The latest on the David Price story. You heard Doug talking about that a few minutes ago that uh, this part of it is fascinating. He's decided to not play this year. What are players thinking about? We got all that and more coming up next right here. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes. This is Fox Sports Radio.
4: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show. Jason Smith and Doug Gottlieb in for Dan and the Danettes today. Big stories out of Major League Baseball in the past hour. The Washington Nationals and the Houston Astros have closed their camps for the day as they have not gotten back the results of their COVID-19 test taken three days ago. And uh, both teams have said, listen, Major League Baseball needs to be doing better as far as figuring things out for us. Joining us now on the hotline, LA Dodgers Insider with AM570 LA Sports, our flagship station here in Los Angeles, David Vasse. Dave, what's happening, man?
9: Everything's great, guys. Hope you had a good weekend.
1: We we did. Uh, David Price will not pitch for the Dodgers. I, I know publicly they... Uh, are showing their complete support for his decision. What about privately?
9: Privately, same thing. And I'm sure they're disappointed from the baseball side because he was really throwing the ball well when spring training in Arizona ended. And I know they were looking forward to him being one of their top three starters this season. So I'm sure there's some level of disappointment, but uh, it's his own personal decision. I know his teammates support him, and they were not blindsided by this decision.
5: Is there any possibility that he changes his mind at some point, or is this in in the sand, I am not playing and that's it and I'm done? Uh, He
9: made it very clear on his Twitter that there is no uh, margin for changing his mind if, let's say, the Dodgers are embarking on a World Series trip. So, yeah, he, he did not leave any room for that. And when we spoke to Andrew Friedman over the weekend, he did not have any answers on whether or not his eligibility would even allow him to come back. He had no answers on whether or not Price would be able to change his mind and jump back in mid-season. So uh, it's, it's, it all depends on a player's health issue, whether or not they get paid. That's still unclear with David Price, whether or not that works for him, um, and whether or not he's able to jump back in. Major League Baseball has not been too clear about all of that. It might be a case-by-case basis.
1: Uh, David, what have their workouts been like so far? Very
9: boring. (laughs) From what I've seen, you know, we were out there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and, you know, basically I saw pitchers the first day taking uh, infield practice, comebackers to throw to first base. Then we saw batting practice, so that was the grand unveil of the first official workout on Friday at Dodger Stadium, and uh, yesterday they had their first inter-squad game, and that was Dustin May on one side, Alex Wood on the other. They're going to have another one tonight under the lights at Dodger Stadium. So today might be the one with the most action because Clayton Kershaw, I believe, is scheduled to pitch in this intra-squad game tonight.
5: You know, I like how uh, I was following your Twitter uh, over the course of the past 24 hours. I know you had a chance to talk to Walker Bueller, and you asked him about, hey, what's it been like for the players the first few days of camp, and his quote was, nobody has revolted so I get a feeling yeah. things are going a little bit better in Dodgers camp than they are in, in other places in the, in the uh, MLB.
9: Yeah, you would assume so because they would not have been able to take the field yesterday if they felt uh, uneasy or if they weren't able to get their COVID-19 tests back to allow those players to be on the field. Now, there have been some notable absences from these workouts, namely their closer, Kenley Jansen, our outfielder, A.J. Pollock, one of their second-base prospects, Gavin Lux, we haven't seen them and the Dodgers have not disclosed why. And Rob Manfred actually said last week on DP, on the DP show that, you know, they're not going to disclose personal health records because of the federal privacy law. Some teams have been more open with it than others. The Dodgers uh, have been very guarded with any injury information over the course of the last five or six seasons. So this, this is not something that's new. So they're trying to keep that close to the vest. But right. you know, you look at the Braves and Brian Snicker, he was very open with the fact Freddie Freeman had a fever and would not be coming back to camp anytime soon.
1: Um, Mookie Betts obviously is their big offseason acquisition. And um, you know, his I, I'd like I'm just wondering what, what, what he's been like. Not just because everyone was wondering whether or not he'd ever get to play for the Dodgers, but but there is the reality of or I think likelihood that however many hundreds of millions he was set to make in this upcoming off season is very much an unknown in terms of the economy of the sport, what that looks like. What's what, what's he been like during his short stint so far with the Dodgers?
9: Well, Doug, all I could tell you is being around him in Arizona because that was the only interaction I had with him. Sure. I'm not allowed to get anywhere near the players under this new set of uh, rules for major league baseball moving forward. But being around him uh, in Arizona, he was a very focused player. And the stories I heard about him was, you know, Kobe Bryant type of work ethic, where he would show up before anybody at the facility, even before the sun came up, and he would be one of the last to leave the facility. And that's how much work he put in and really set the tone by leading by example. And then stood up in front of the team one of the first couple of days of spring training and really challenged the rest of the team to have the focus, even on the backfields of spring training, to have that championship focus. And he uh, set a standard by doing that. And teammates uh, raved about the words that he used during that time standing up in front of the whole team. Because he's not really uh, a guy that in Boston would stand up in front of the team. And uh, the first base coach for the Dodgers, George Lombard, knew him from uh, rookie ball. And he said he was even surprised that Mookie went to the, to those lengths and took that leadership role right away. So yeah, everybody uh, loves Mookie Betts and loves what he's all about with the Dodgers. Okay,
1: so David, you can help kind of paint this, this this picture for us. As you pointed out, they they you know the Nationals. Uh, Jason was 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 reading, and uh, it's been reported they're shutting down their camp because it's been seventy two hours they haven't gotten their testing back. Like what is what it, what is it like for these guys? Like they're 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 testing daily. They're get getting their tests back immediately. And then in terms of you covering them, you know, you can see what's going on. How far from the field are you? Paint a picture for, for all of us what this is actually like.
9: Well, I'll paint the picture as best as told to me because, like I mentioned, uh, there's three different tiers. If you're going to be around Major League Baseball or in Major League Baseball, the media is in Tier 3. And Tier 3 cannot interact with anybody that's in Tier 1 or Tier 2. Tier one is the players, the coaches, everybody in uniform, the training staff, et cetera. Tier two, front office people, guys like that. Uh, tier three, media. And I'll just give you an example from where we were. We were in the press box. Uh, TV cameras so were set up on the loge level. That's where I was for MLB Network on Friday. Um, so that's as close as we can get to the players. Um, maybe I could push the limits and get 10 rows. From the field on the field level, there the first level. But for the players, they're getting tested daily, and that's that's the standard. You have to know every day that you're safe. And is it perfect? No, because you're not getting immediate results. You're supposed to get them back in 24 hours. Uh, The ideal situation would be you get tested, we get the results, and we let you in or out of that clubhouse. But players that are Dodger players that were entering Dodger Stadium entered with a mask. Their temperatures taken before they enter the clubhouse. They're tested. They get a prick of blood on their finger and the uh, saliva test as well. So that that's the protocol for them every day.
5: Dodgers insider David Vasse with us here from AM570 LA Sports. David, ballpark this for me because, you know, players are here and obviously they're going to have concerns. Do they all look like and feel comfortable that they're at spring that spring training or summer training now and we're going forward and playing or are they still kind of feeling their way around a bit? I could
9: say talking to the players via Zoom, that's the way we, we talk to players now <laughs> via Zoom. <laughs> um, they're going to want to make it that way, by the way. They're going to going to make it yeah. Hey,
5: Permanently, can we just have to do this via Zoom? That would be great.
9: <laughs> hey, don't say that because that might become reality. I don't know if uh, they'll ever let us back in the clubhouse when things uh, get, get cleared up. But, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, talking to the players... You know, the enthusiasm wasn't as high in those Zoom calls, but it's hard to gauge it. All I can say is observing them from the field, the enthusiasm was there. The excitement of being back, playing baseball around the batting cage was there. So, yeah, these guys that are able to play are able to be on the field. They want to be there. Um, I think there's different levels of that spectrum of wanting to be there. I mean, Mike Trout made it clear he was unsure about it. Others have as well. Um, but the Dodger players that are participating, they seem to be enjoying their time out there.
1: Hey, David, listen, uh, thanks so much for the the insight. It is going to be a fascinating kind of social uh, experiment to be a part of, and we appreciate you being our guest on the Dan Patrick Show.
9: Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great day.
1: All right, that's Dodgers Insider for AM570. That's the home of the Dodgers, David Vasse. Okay, so now knowing what it's like, Jason, inside the, the baseball bubble, what do you think?
5: This is this is fascinating because to me, that one of the best stories, Doug, that we're going to get playing out in the next couple weeks is you have two different ways of how we're going to have professional sports, team sports resume, right? We have the NBA bubble, right? Everybody's under one roof, and we're going to try to keep it going that way. And then you have Major League Baseball, which is everybody's doing their own thing. It's spring training, and then we're going to fly back and forth to cities and play games, and that's how we're going to go. It's absolutely fascinating, and I whichever one winds up being better, I think you're going to see other sports uh, take involved. You're going to see football figure out a way to do this, whether MLS tries to figure out a way to they're in the bubble right now, they're having a little of their own difficulties right now as they're getting set to play in a few days. But whichever one winds up winning is going to get the, the that's going to be the blueprint. that's where going to be other sports are going to follow. And I think it's going to be the NBA. I, I look at, at being able to try to control players' exposure and staying healthy and being able to play, right? So to take it away from the, from the boy, you could get sick and something really bad could happen to you, part of it, let's take it from the perspective of uh, how are players going to be able to play, right? Because the last thing the NBA wants is you're getting set for the Western Conference Finals, and guess what? LeBron and AD have to sit out because you know they had a player test pot for COVID-19, and they're exposed to it, and they might not be able to play. That's what you don't want. I think you can do it better in the NBA than you can do it in Major League Baseball as far as being because when you're in control of what players can do and can't do and this is about being safety is about safety first more than anything else I think that has a better chance of working than Major League Baseball does uh, doing it this way and because if you get to go home at night and say as you talked about human nature earlier in the show hey you know what what, what's going to Rick uh, Rick Buecher talked about human nature with us during the show what what are players going to do are they going to adhere to to guidelines or is human nature going to take over they're going to say I feel good I'm going to go out I'm going to go out and get dinner i'm gonna go here i'm gonna to go to this party i'm gonna to go to this bar whatever it is i'm gonna go do that and then suddenly something bad happens and you test positive and your other teammates test positive i think the bubble it works more as is has a better chance of working more than what major league baseball is doing it
1: yes uh yes i i would generally say yes the obviously the difference is the amount of contact within the sport um and Uh, You know, I, I don't know. There there are people that are going to come in and out of the bubble, right? Like all food service and you know, the service, the service part of it, there are people who come in and out of, and the idea that you're going to, that every single person is going to be tested and is not going to have, not be a carrier not have it on their hands. But it's really hard to, to think that's completely possible. I don't know. I, you know, we're in interesting times. Do you get to a point to where you get to the conference finals and remember that's, that's really a month and a half to two months from now where you have guys are like, all right, I've seen all this. I've seen all the numbers. I'll just sign a waiver. I'm in regardless of who tests positive and who doesn't. I don't know if that's a possibility. I I don't know. So, um, th- th- it's just, it's going to be really interesting in terms of who plays for baseball. Nick Markakis, who was just reported is opting out. Uh, but for basketball, it, you know, with the, with a couple of rare exceptions, Everybody who's in is in. Basketball players play basketball, and I'm going to be fascinated to see how this works out.
5: Well, one, there's that part of it, though, that uh, we, we sometimes put a little bit before the beginning of it, where if we get to the games I think everybody's going to be fine. I mean, it's not – you're not going to see, you know, the beginning of games where a loose ball is going out of bounds and players are going to not go after it because somebody else is going after it because they're touching the basketball. I mean, once the games hit, the competitive nature is going to take over and they're going to play – there's going to be – it's going to be second nature to them. Same thing in Major League Baseball too. But now now with the beginnings of we don't know how this is going to go is where you're seeing all of this. And, you know, you talked about the the desire to open up the economy and and players needing to get back to work – I think once they get into the swing of it and it's and it's not new and we've spent a little bit of time doing it Everything will calm down, I think, in, in a large way, and you'll see less players being nervous, and you'll see more players being into it. Now, obviously, depending on what the uh, COVID nineteen tests come back, that's that could change things. But as you get into it, and you get into the business of playing, and look, you're thinking about the conference finals a month and a half from now. By that time, it's everybody's going to be all into, hey, this is the championship now. This is this is Lakers, Clippers, or, or this is you know this is Bucks, Celtics, and and we're thi- we're not thinking about COVID nineteen anymore. We're thinking about championships. That part I think is just naturally going to take
1: over. I I do, but I also think there's a certain amount of being stir-crazy in staying in the same location. Right? And while they'll have NBA players will have the best of the best of the best. I mean, that that league is so incredibly player-friendly in terms of how they're run and places they stay and how they're taken care of. Like, you, you can only go to the game room and play ping pong so many times. If you're like, yeah, I'm just <laughs> this is kind of a this is, this is a wrap on, the, on on this deal. So, th- but that, not
5: two on two ping pong, just one on one ping pong. Can't do two on two. Yeah,
1: I don't like two on two
5: ping pong. Okay. I, don't, I don't I don't like that at all. It's Unless it's beer pong. If you're doing beer pong, that's kind of fun.
1: Uh you know, here, here's the thing. Um, and I didn't tell you this. Um, I've never played beer pong, by the way. Um, really? Wow. Never, okay. Never, never played. Never played beer pong. I learned to dive over the weekend
5: dive like like dive into a pool oh okay i thought you meant like somebody hits you you dive and get a penalty
1: no no no. i learned to dive Dive? you never learned how you never knew how to dive. uh i mean i think i knew how i just could never execute it like when i was six years old i dove into a pool for a swim class and i kind of got the spins underneath water i you know didn't know and and i kind of panicked a little bit
5: okay and
1: i i don't know whether i i can't the two things that i I'm a, still a pretty good shape, a pretty athletic guy in my 40s, and I, I've never been able to land a front flip out a trampoline, and I, up until this weekend, had never been able to jump and just dive into a pool. My 11-year-old son worked with me for 10 minutes, and I nailed it. So I just want wanted to share that with you.
5: Kept, you, kept your legs straight? Because that's a big part of a dive is sometimes you think your legs are straight. They, they it
1: weren't really straight, but it's just more okay. the idea of going in head first, hands head first, and just jumping into a pool like i just have a i don't know if you've ever seen anybody like that but you just i just kind of lock up when i get and it it, it would constantly be a belly flop yeah. and it would be i'd get laughed at by my own children and now they they can laugh at me <laughs> just not because of that anyway yeah. um i i don't i agree with you on the competitive juices i think once guys start playing they like look especially guys like lebron james i think when, when, the idea of winning a championship overrides all of the other negative stuff but I do think that be, there'll be a lot of challenges to being under quarantine, essentially, when the rest of the world is out do, going about. Because by the time we get to August, I, the, the, this, unless we're all on lockdown, we're going to be at phase four. And so they're going to be looking outside at the rest of the world, seeing it. they're all back. And we have other sports going, we think. I, I think, yes, you're right. The basketball feels like a safer environment than the baseball does, but it also feels like a more difficult environment to function within because everything else is opening up and you're stuck no matter how big the facility is in Orlando.
5: Well, look, you you played... Big-time D1 college basketball. You played professionally all across the globe. You played in Russia. Uh, I think you played a season in Antarctica. Yes. Uh, you had a big year, a lot of assists that year. How long did it take you until you were sick of your teammates? You we were like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to not see you guys for a while. And this is under circumstances of normal things, like you can go no, out to dinner and come home. And no, do all this that. this
1: is interesting. So when I was in Russia, we we had won the regular season by I don't know how many games. And... Uh, guys got to go home for two weeks before we had like an, we, we got an automatic buy to the semifinals of the playoffs. So we had like a month and a half off and, or players. I was, I was rookie was right. So they had me stay and play a couple of the professional games with juniors. I played two games with like all with the juniors and, um, and a couple of the other bench guys. And so, uh, then so I never got to go home. Then we went to Lithuania to train and prepare for the semifinals. And we played friendlies for three weeks. We were, we were in Lithuania and I would say the first week was really cool. Right. Was, was really, really cool. But after that, I was like, I, I really want to get, I, even though my apartment in Russia wasn't anything to look forward to, I really wanted to get back to a place that I would consider home. So, Yeah, I mean, there's a certain, it's like, not unlike going to college, right? You get homesick your first three months away. After three months away, um, I I would say that with my teammates, usually after the second week is when you're just like, okay, none of your jokes are that funny anymore. (laughs) I'm tired of listening to your music, even though it's in your headphones, I can hear it. You know, when you're sitting next to me in the locker room, everything you say pretty much annoys me. So, yeah, I would say two weeks is about the limit.
5: Oof. Twitter at how about a fresca, Doug, at Gottlieb Show, and this is going to be a little bit longer than that for NBA players. Uh, It is the Dan Patrick Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb, in for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, Coming up next, it was one tweet this morning from the president that has one sport back squarely in the headlines. We have that big story for you coming up next right here, Fox Sports Radio.
4: Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at FoxSportsRadio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.
5: Fox Sports Radio, the Dan Patrick Show, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb been for Dan and the Danettes today. Uh, we have the Bubba Wallace story coming up in a second. But just really quick, Doug, because you mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, Nick Markakis, You're seeing his name trend at the top of Twitter right now. He is the latest baseball player to opt out of the season. Said he had a conversation with Freddie Freeman the other day who tested positive for COVID-19. Said that it opened his eyes to the risks of playing. He's got three kids. He's decided to not play. The thing is, and this is why this is a big deal: is Nick Markakis is thirty six, right? He's got twenty three hundred and fifty five hits. Guy's got an outside shot at three thousand. Are you thinking, wait, Nick? Mar- yeah, Nick Markakis could wind up being a Hall of Famer with three thousand hits. Every hit counts for him, and he's decided to not play this season.
1: Yeah, but I, I, I would say that there's also uh, one correlation with most of these guys that are are opting out. They're in their thirties they've already accomplished a lot, made a lot of money. And they're like, eh, just not, not worth it to me. Um, they, 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 have they've gotten past the point of, man, I just love playing baseball. It's become a job and they're just stringing years together because they make a ton of money doing it. I, 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 again, is that, is that unfair? Probably, probably because each guy individually has his own logic, his own reason, but you're seeing enough, uh, Ryan Zimmerman, 35 years old, right? has had a very, very good career, but he's at the tail end of that career. Uh, Look, David Price isn't as old, I don't believe, but he's already won a World Series, won a Cy Young, made a ton of money, and will make a ton of money next year during a full season, so it's not as, you know, it's more of a job to him than than a passion that makes a lot of money, and I, I do think that's one of the correlations with a lot of these guys in baseball.
5: Twitter at How About a Fresca, Doug at Gottlieb Show, Jason Smith, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan Patrick today and tomorrow as well here on the show. And I'm sure this is going to be raging tomorrow as this story broke earlier in the show. We've talked about it a couple of times. Uh, President Donald Trump has called out Bubba Wallace on Monday, alleging that a noose found in his garage at Talladega Super Speedway last month was a hoax, and he questions NASCAR's decision to ban the Confederate flag. The tweet from President Trump Has at Bubba Wallace apologized to all of those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him, only to find out that the whole thing was just another hoax? That and flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. Now, you and I talked about this uh, last hour, Doug, and you said you wonder if NASCAR drivers are going to take the bait. Yep. Already, Tyler Reddick, who drives number 8 Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing, responded on Twitter by saying, we don't need an apology, we did what was right, and we will do just fine without your support. So, as you're seeing, this is kind of going on, on the path of now of becoming a thing where, look, I think if the NFL could do it over again, They would have just kind of moved on and and not gotten into the back and forth with the President Trump about kneeling. But clearly, this is where we're at with NASCAR. And it looks like NASCAR is this is now going to become a story that's going to move on throughout a couple of news cycles.
1: Look, a hoax is something where you have the intent to deceive. It's really hard to judge intent. But I I don't believe anyone legitimately, legitimately, once they've seen the facts and see thinks there is an intent to deceive. Right. Was it? Was it maybe was it overblown because the the noose that was fashioned to the rope pull did not appear in any way to be intended uh, for for bubble walls? Yeah, yeah, it was it was a, a, a miscommunication and it, it it was something that that be, that once it the game of telephone got to him and then he wasn't willing to 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 move off of what he was told it was sure but a hoax is a different level of deception and i don't think anyone at least i'm not accusing Bubba wallace of perpetrating a hoax i i just thought when once more information came out you're like oh well okay wasn't wasn't a hate crime but i i just think look two things one we have to take into account context the context was it was the first big race where fans were there and there were no were supposed to be no confederate flags and then somebody flew one over sunday's race before it was postponed And then, and then he got, he got word of it and never saw it. And I NASCAR wrapped there. There was nothing wrong with NASCAR's reaction. That was exactly how you're supposed to react. Like, Oh, he's our guy. He's our brother. We're not, we're not standing up for that. So, uh, but the second part is I just, if I'm Bubba Wallace, I just keep on moving, man. It's not, it's not, it's not worth it because once you get into the back and forth, that's what he wants. And that hasn't that doesn't work out as well as continuing to help your sport progress towards a different image than they've had previously.
5: Yeah, and as far as Wallace goes, because yeah, I agree, I, I they they should move on and and not let this become a story. Look, the NFL showed you that you can do that. Uh, I think for Wallace, why he's getting the the blowback he is, is because once it was it turned out to not be something that was done specifically to him. He didn't really acknowledge that in the interviews he did, whether he went on Don Lemon's show, all the other ones, where maybe he could have said, listen, it wasn't meant for me, but because he still got his message out, which was a great one. You're not going to to put racism in NASCAR. We are going to be united and strong. And it was an awesome message to come out of that. But I think just the way it came apart, where he didn't really acknowledge that part of it, I can see where that turned some people off. But to go, well, he kind of, it wasn't really meant for you. You know, you could have gone into that part of it a little bit more.
1: Yes. Look, I don't... I, I thought his reaction was way too defiant as, uh, before all the information came out. and I, But I think that's generally a problem all of us have in, in social media, especially postings where we see something and we automatically go to the negative. That, that's, just, that's just a problem we have. Like we just automatically it, something becomes. But I also think it's reasonable considering the context. And I also when we take a breath, it, it wasn't a hoax.
5: We're back tomorrow. Colin's coming up next. Fox. Zumo Play.